Hey, what is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Searchcast, Season Two, Episode Thirty-One, presented by Primo X Hockey and part of the Five in a Game Sports Network. I'm Zach Martin. I'm Bailey Curtis. I'm Cat Hunter. And today we are joined by a very special guest. And I usually introduce our guests, but I think because they know each other pretty well, Cat, why don't you introduce our amazing guest <laughs> for this episode? Nice. <laughs> yes. Um, now I'm wondering if he trusts me to do this. Uh, so this is Colin O'Kelly. And we are, when I normally go to the games or, yeah, we've been going to games for a while now. Um, but he is my, one of my go-to Carolina hockey friends. Um, I don't know. We've known each other for like a year-ish now. Yeah, a little over a, little a, year. Over a year. Yeah. Uh -huh. And uh, tailgating buddies, intermission buddies. Yeah, we... Probably been we probably sat together what like five or six times maybe a little bit more. Um, he's the go to. He's the go to when my dad says we have an extra ticket. He's like, "Is Colin oh, yeah. coming? Does Colin want to go?" So yeah. <laughs> so basically, always, it's just, always. It's just automatic. It's just yeah. pa Papa Hunter is like, "All right." Is Colin yeah. And I know Jules will be offended by this because she'll think, "Oh, why isn't he asking about?" My dad already knows Jules has tickets. That's why Jules is <laughs> more likely to have the tickets. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I did meet Colin though for the home opener, which was really cool to get to hang out with him. That was fun. We did tailgate a little bit. That was yeah. a good time. Yeah, that so was a good got time. The hall, got the Hall of Fame game coming up on Thursday. Another great tailgate then. Of course, we're all going to tailgate together for the same series. Next week is going to be so much fun. I'm so Two weeks. <laughs> so excited. The fact, that, the fact that Bailey Curtis is going to be there too. So we got the whole we got the whole search cast together. Josh is going to be there. JJ is going to be there. We got we got the whole crew showing up. For that week series. is technically Colin's birthday weekend. Is that right? Yeah. Or birthday yeah, week. So, birthday I mean, week. We're starting it. We're starting it on at the Rangers game. So yeah. That's, that was starting at the Rangers game until the, for a whole week is going to be. <laughs> it's going to be a shit show. It's going to start. You know. <laughs> well, so Rangers game. That's a great time. way to start off the birth week. So yeah. So that's going to be. Yeah. So much hockey. That's going to be so great. You got that. You got the Hall of Fame game. You know, then you got the stadium series. Like, Heck, let's go. yeah, so much, so much yeah. tailgating. It's gonna be yeah, good. yeah. So. <laughs> speaking oh. speaking of the speaking of the tailgate, real quick, I know like the tickets for parking for the stadium series is already sold out, and you can even request for them now. And that's how fast that sold out. It's absolutely insane how that worked out. And you know what? Though speaking of like just th like people not expecting things to happen, we're gonna start off off the rip talking about this. We have a whole bunch of stuff we're going to talk about. We have a, It's going to be a fun show. But you know what? I want to bring this up real quick because Gary Bettman, who should already know by now how much we show out as Hurricanes fans for events, you should have known from the 2006, you know, the Stanley Cup final, all the tailgating then, all-star game tailgating. I mean, like, what, what more proof do you need? And for the fact that, like, you know, all the pre-sale tickets the Hurricanes did, 30,000, they had an allotment of 18,000, had to ask for more for 30,000. Instantly sells out. They, but then he wants to go and be like, so Bevan uh, says how surprised he was of how fast the Carolina Stadium Series tickets sold out. This is a franchise under Tom Dundon that is clearly on the rise. I quote tweet this, and I'm like, on the rise with air quotes? Back-to-back -back division champs, four straight playoff appearances, Rod Brandenburg gets the Jack Adams. Roster is pound for pound one of the best in the league. 
Come on, Gary. Like, where have you been? Four, four straight years of not only playoff appearances, but playoff wins, too. Like, I would... 20, making 2019, first, making it out of the first round, beating the Rangers in the play-in. Last year, or then we beat Nashville the next year. Yeah. Last year, we beat Boston, Boston which... Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing to scoff about that when you see what they're doing this year. And they didn't add many pieces, just got a new coach and David Krejci. But they were an 100-point team last year. And, you know, I, I think that's an underrated playoff series one for like, sure last year. Like, maybe that quote in, like, 2019-2020. Maybe. But, like, come yeah. on, dude. <laughs> it's just, like, but ignorant. Like did, you, like, did you really think that, the hurricane, that us Hurricanes fans wouldn't show out for the stadium series? Like, it's our – First outdoor game ever, and you're doing it in Raleigh at NC State. Haven't had a big league-wide event like this or something that the league knows about since, what, 2012 when we hosted the All-Star game? And you think we're not uh, going to get excited about and that? It, and this has been delayed by, like, two years. Like, we've been waiting. We made us think about it when we first got it, and then it got delayed. Yeah, exactly. So, like, why would you yeah. think we're not all in? <laughs> yeah, and like if you and if anyone's watching the YouTube version, you see we, me and Cap both have our stadium series jerseys up. For the fact that those things sold out on the Adidas store in the first like day, didn't even make it a day. Instantly sold out on the Adidas. Those were store. sold out before the NHL and the Hurricanes made the official announcement about. That's them. what that's what I'm saying. We've been like we've been waiting for these jerseys, and it's like you really want to think we wouldn't sell out. Like hello, All Star Game. Just, we came out partying for that one. The cup final, all the we we tailgate every single game. Like, how are you not shocked? But like, also we this quote. But it makes the quote also makes sense to why the jerseys were released so late. Maybe like they weren't expecting such a. I don't know what they like. It's just all of it seems like they weren't expecting it to be a big deal, and it's like oh, it's a big it's, deal. Huh, <laughs> this team is on a rise. If you take out the dark ages for that for though that little span of time, like we've been coming out to support our team since they first got to Carolina. It's nothing new. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it's still a surprise to people that Carolina shows up for events like this. And of course, people in the comments are like, oh, well, most of the time it's the other team's fans. It's a home game for the other team because they'd sell at half the stadium. Um, if you're talking like the Dark Ages, possibly. Now, no. It's all us. They maybe the get door. Thousand fans. Yeah. Like, the door. <laughs> maybe, you maybe get a couple thousand fans in, in PNC, but it's not a home game for another team. Not anymore. Um, Definitely not anymore. I had yeah. I had someone comment on one of my recent videos, and he was like, well, do, it was like a, a joke about wanting tickets for Valentine's yeah. Day. And it was like, uh, he's like, well, do you remember when it was like the dark time when the tickets were like, under 60 or like something like that and i was like yes i remember that and it was like trying to make it like kind of a comment about how cheap the tickets used to be and how expensive they are but also like saying like the carolina hurricanes weren't getting i was like i don't understand your point anymore at this comment like i was like it it's a big deal for people now like we have grown from that but also people have been around since then that they can be excited that our team is doing well. oh absolutely yeah exactly and like, it's it's crazy i yeah, and I think, too, like dollar for dollar, I mean, the Canes this year and last year, I mean, not even just talking about how many, you know, wins that they have, but let's talk about the wins, right? I mean, good gosh, let's look at our, our last three games, our last two home home games. Friday against San Jose. I mean, you could not have script, scripted a better ending to that. It's happened, what, three times in NHL history that a team has come back from after getting an empty net scored on them? Yeah. I mean, and then the Kings the very next game, 
I mean, you you just you can't make that up. No, you really can't. And then you should. Then they go and just absolutely beat the brakes off Buffalo. Yep. Which, which we have takes about that too, because that I got heated after a couple comments from some people. But it's just like I'm so tired of the narrative that Hurricanes fans don't show up on the team. Is like when you could yes, the attendance was low when the team was very bad for this for that decade. It happens. A lot of teams go through that. But to say, oh, when the team is good, oh well. It's still half the arena is still other teams' fans. No, it's not. It's, it's not. It's all Carolina fans. So I'm really tired of this narrative of, oh, this team's on the rise. This team's finally doing something with themselves. It's like, um, have you, do you forget Hurricanes history? Also, if you see a bunch of other jerseys, it's just Carolina fans wearing other jerseys that one night. <laughs> yeah. Transplant fans, yeah. Wearing wait, Pittsburgh wait, jerseys wait. just the Pittsburgh game and then Kane season ticket members for the rest. Uh, yeah. oh, oh, the the fans who are Rangers fans who throw the, in the Rangers because it's it's the city of appreciation game. The city of Cary appreciation game. Oh, of course you already had that one scrub who's like, oh, "I'm going to wear a different team who's not even playing tonight just to be that guy." It's like, yeah, those you have those every game. Lost fan. Yeah. Hey, sometimes I, they're just trying to. Be- <laughs> I mean, that's fair. So. The, the argument that I have against that, and that'll be this will be like the only little like, I guess, tangent that we go on on that. I know a lot of people who like have multiple teams jerseys and they're like trying to introduce like a friend of theirs to the game, but they don't have like multiple jerseys at that game. So they're just trying to give their friend something to like represent the game of hockey. Yeah, I, well, I get something like that. That makes sense. Well, because I know there are some Kings fans who have like European jerseys of certain. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I love when they do that. Yeah. No, like those, uh, those I'm there for because of the fact that you're able to do like, oh, here's this dude's Finnish team or this guy's mm-hmm. Swedish team they play for or yeah. Hey, Here's this dude's AHL jersey because I want to wear his AHL jersey. They're like, okay, that's that's different. That's great. Right. Yeah, I mean, if there's a checkers jersey to, at a Hurricanes game, wouldn't be upset. Former affiliate, it works. Or the Ice Caps, yeah. sure. Carolina Thunderbirds. <laughs> hey, it's still close. It's still close. I'm just saying it's 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 just one of those things where it's like certain like there's a, there's a certain fine line of how jerseys that you can wear that's like okay, we get it. Well, it's just different if you're like watching like. Carolina play the Kings and you're there in an Oilers jersey. Like, yeah. Why? Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, let me let me ask you guys this. Let's say you go on a trip to Nashville or something, and you don't, you know, it's you're there from like Wednesday through Sunday, you know, and the Na- Nashville's playing, you know, the Rangers or something. You want to go to the game. You want to go to Bridgestone Arena. Would you take a Canes jersey and wear a Canes jersey to it? Uh, well, I would. I would hope someone asked me to go with them because I'm not giving Nashville any of my money. In terms <laughs> of I will give I, Nino some money. I, I, <laughs> I would give Nino some money. See, that's a good point too, though, right? Because if you know, if you have a like a somebody else's jersey, that's the like that I was gonna make. Yeah, that's a good point, right? Like, let's say if you come to a Canes game now, or if you go to a Predators game and you wear a Canes Nino jersey, that's you different. still got Nino. Yeah, that's it is different. But I feel like that's right, kind of like right. the checkers argument, or like something like, or like a a jersey from like another country like it's still a like it, 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 it's, it's, it's not right. it's different than playing like wearing like you go to a jersey, carolina yeah yeah or you go to a yeah. carolina versus the penguins and you wear a novotkin jersey like yeah who but, which but, fan base is down for that yeah like for me if like if that's the case if i'm going to a game where it's there's no connection i like i don't have a neo jersey or if i don't have a like thing for either the one team i would just go in a neutral like just shirt or a hoodie or whatever 
or like a just a button up. One time I wear normal clothes to a game. Yeah, just wear normal <laughs> clothes to a game and just be like, "Woo, I'm here for the interact. Like I'm just here to drink beer yeah. and watch hockey." That's what I would just go very neutral as possible. I yeah, and I mean that's just our. I would say that's our preference. Again, it's always. I would be rocking the Smith's jersey. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing this if I'm going to Nashville and I want to go to a game. Wear my Smith's jersey. You're like Smith is a shit talker. Let him know. Also, well, if I if I had it, if I had a stall jersey, actually, I would wear the stall jersey to the Nashville game because of how good of a first round he did, had against them a couple years ago. <laughs> so be, that would be horrible. You gotta let him know. Or if it was Na- if it was like Nationals playing Florida and Eric Stahl was there and he had an Eric Stahl jersey, that would that would be that cool. Would that would yeah. that would work. All right, so enough with our tangents. We did talk about the comeback win. So <laughs> the one I mean, tangent. Just, so I mean, obviously before you know going into the All Star break, we had a couple <laughs> a couple comebacks. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> y'all. Pray- prayers for Bailey. <laughs> I'm getting over rest in peace. (laughs) But it's it's crazy because the fact that it's like I almost feel like it's like the cardiac canes or the comeback canes are striking again because the fact that we've gone into how many like what seventeen overtimes now or eighteen overtimes recently? Most in the league. Most in the league. Comeback against the Sharks, which was absolutely bonkers to begin with, because you're down four two, empty net goal. You come back, get a couple, put that away. But then you come back against the Kings, and it's it was definitely oh gosh, it was interesting to see the least of how it's like okay, the team's down, what four one after two, basically. I would have killed to have been been at that game. And this is with a Boston game in between, wasn't it? Wasn't it Friday, San Jose, Sunday, Boston, and Tuesday the Kings. So yeah, I was so wrong. They, it wasn't back to back, but still three. Yeah, yeah. The fact more than quality wins. Three. Yeah, the yeah. fact you play Friday against San Jose and come back and beat them late. We had you, we you, had you just absolutely, you absolutely took care of Boston Sunday. Yeah, I mean we, we handily had, beat them. Like trip, you know, to quote trip. Sorry, cat, but we, <laughs> you know, we didn't just like squeak out a win or whatever. There's a few teams that you know barely beat them. I mean we dominated them, right? And the key here's the biggest key: we went six for six on the penalty kill without yeah. our best PKer. Yeah. One thing yeah. I will kind of mention too is I feel like they mentioned this during the broadcast is no team has really blown them out of the water like that this entire season. No, it was probably the most complete team win against the Bruins this season. And it was our, against Carolina. So two things. So the Kings game, I think our, our friend had just texted our group chat and was like, Oh, this game. Like it was we were like, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not great. And then it the comeback started. Oh, it was like the chaos that erupted in that group chat just because everyone was like, well, they're back. They're they're here. They're playing. And it was so fun. And I think the thing about them being like the comeback games now is the, the way that the comebacks are happening and the way that we're getting like, you know, down and then coming back yeah. is it almost feels like to toot our own horn a little bit is that the canes, not that they were getting beat but that they were letting themselves get beat. Like they took their foot off the gas and let the teams kind of do their thing. And then when the Kings were like, oh, wait, let us play like we're supposed to be playing. And then we come back and we win and dominate. Like it kind of just shows that we are the better team overall. Like we're getting beat because we're beating ourselves, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Essentially, yeah, because you look at how the how the Kings came back and win too. It's like they get, they're getting scoring from guys who are supposed to, you know, lead the team, you know, 
put the team, put the team on their back and win games, score the goals. But they're also getting the help from depth guys as well, though. Like Stephen Nason does his thing, gets some points, gets some assists, helps out with the team. You know, Brent Burns goes absolutely off to keep the defense alive. Defenseman scoring has been big. Stepdaddy yeah. got yeah. one too. Yes, yeah. he did. Yeah. It, it, it was stepping time in that one too. And it's like, bright like a diamond. <laughs> I mean, we, we took a couple trips to Chet Mandu because, you know, Che Che Bang Bang wants to do his thing Which, too. So. Can we bring this up too? I didn't realize his girlfriend was pregnant or wife. Girlfriend. Girlfriend? girlfriend. Yeah, so congratulations. We got a little baby chat man do on the way. Yeah, Daddy's strength yeah. is coming. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know what, you know what, you know what they say, once you get the dads rolling, you can't really get them to stop scoring. That's just that's how it is. I mean, Jacob Slavin, Jacob Slavin gets his kid, starts going. He, he's already, he was already oh, good, then he got better. Oh, yeah. Then, then you got, I mean, guys left and right. It's, it's that's how, that's how Jordan hold, carries them on his back. He's like, I've got kids. This is nothing. I can carry the team on my back now. If yeah, I right. Exactly. <laughs> so it's just like, and Chatty has been absolutely amazing. I'm ready for that contract extension to get announced because we need to keep him on this team. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's it's crazy that we have a deep hair guy. Yeah, the fact that we have third, he's going off. That's crazy. Like he plays, but he could play second or first. Like he's proven that. Like he can play oh, yeah. up easily. Yeah. And I yeah. think what's so important about his game, too, and especially our third line, right, Calvin DeHaan has been really good for us, too, is, you know, we we pride ourselves on defense versus hockey. So, you know, Slavin and Burns on the first line, you've got Slavin out there. Pesci and Shea, one of the better shutdown duos in the entire league. And you want to focus on no-mistake hockey, right? So if you've got a third line that, you know, turns the puck over a lot, isn't that great, you can't really trust them, and, you know, that's going to show. But Rod shows full trust in these guys. He's putting them – He's putting them out there when we're up a goal, down a goal with five minutes left. The third line. And, I mean, it's just – it's amazing. I don't think many teams – I mean, I would say we have a, not a top a three decor in the league. There's not, not a team that I can name where a coach puts that much much trust in their entire lineup. Yep. Yeah, I mean, when you have Tim Gleason as your defensive coach, I mean, you're looking pretty yeah. good. What a it's, hire. It speaks hire. volumes because, like – so we had Calvin and, you know, he left and he's come back, but he's familiar with the system. So he was easy, like, it's a little slower, but he comes back and he can kind of fit into the groove. He's not afraid to be physical. Yeah. Chatty comes in, no fear at all. He'll put a body on anyone and he'll be the he first to the care. puck. He doesn't, he doesn't care. care. Like, no, he, he has I don't care who you are. He has respect, but at the same time, he's like, he knows I might, the kind of game he wants. I might be new to the game, but just because you're like you're a player that's been here forever doesn't mean I'm not going to body you off the puck and I'm going to do what I need to do for my team. Well, it, well, and it, well, here's a crazy part, though. I think Jalen Chaffer, like it's like he actually played in with other teams though too, so it's not like he's you know new to the game specifically. Because I think he he played in Vancouver, yeah, which a played, lot of people, he, yeah. A lot well, of people are saying, saying it's funny because Chatfield came in and took Bear's spot, who came from <laughs> Vancouver. So then we sent Bear back to them, and Chatfield ended up being the better player, right? I mean, it, I heard yeah, somebody over that's into their system yeah. in Vancouver well. So yeah, yeah. His, his first game was January 20th, 2021 against the Montreal Canadiens. His first point was April 18th against the Leafs. And not yeah. saying not saying that he's new, new, but like newish compared oh, no, to like him playing against like. He's now an NHL regular. Yeah, like mentioned. He's never been that before. When I say him playing against someone and having, like, no fear, like, he's fine. He's like, I'm playing against Sidney Crosby. That's fine. I'm not going to be intimidated by him. I'm going to get to the puck first. 
Right. And that like you appreciate because you don't want the like in- intimidation factor of a player that's so well known as Crosby or Ovechkin to kind of like back guys off. Um, I also have to mention because he has gotten some heat in the past, um, Colin especially. Uh, Coglin has played better. He is. Yes, I he think has. he. So yes, he has. And Tripp and them said it on the broadcast. He has finally had a decent amount of time mm-hmm. to get into our system. He yeah. wasn't getting consistent games, and then when he was getting in, he was not really playing super great. So, but it's like yeah. then you take him out. So how is he supposed to get the games in to get used to it? Yeah, and that, yeah, I'm glad Slavin will be back soon. But he has had Coglin's had the time. This to is be probably in. good for us though, right? Because going down the stretch, if Waddell doesn't get another depth defenseman, right? I mean, you look at your Brendan Smith last year, didn't play a lot in the regular season, stepped in and was was great in the playoffs. I mean, this is good for Coglin, right? Because if Slavin comes in and Waddell doesn't acquire anybody at the deadline, Coglin is our seventh defenseman. So you want him to get in, get in these games, get in the system. So I think it's great for us. I personally would like another depth defenseman just due to injuries and everything. But, you know, if not, I mean, this also shows how much trust Brendan Moore has in his guys, right? I mean, he's putting him out there, which with um, he's playing with Dehan, and and you're right, they've been real, they've been, you know, great. You know, I, I think he. I think New Jersey was the game where I think he got a lot of flack. But after that, I mean, I haven't seen any mistakes, and the dude will just shoot the puck from anywhere. And I think that's and he's like a little mini Brent Burns. He draws penalties nonstop. Yeah. Like that guy, even when he's playing games when he wasn't playing his best, he would get penalties for us. But I think. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, so here's the thing that you said: like we're playing without Slavin. Here's the thing from Mike Brown, one of the one of the Kings PR guys, the fact that. The hurricane, because we'll, we'll go into the break here, and we'll, we'll talk about stats when them going into the break. But without Sebastian Ajo or Jacob Slavin in the lineup for the Hurricanes, they are thirteen zero and zero without either one of those guys in the lineup. So it shows you how good, like this team works together for the fact, like you said, Colin, and you as well, Cap, for the fact that you can throw Coglin in. He's playing really well because he's actually getting consistent minutes with Dahan, who's a really good shutdown guy, and you can put Chaffield on the first D pair. They could still win games without their two biggest stars on the in the roster, which is just shows you how good the staff is with their culture and how they run the team. It's not just a show of how good the team is. It's a show to kind of say how can the guys step up when we know we're missing key pieces that help exactly. us win games. Exactly. So all, that's going to be a really big attestment to when we get into playoffs because we exactly. see how gritty and how physical playoffs can be, and injuries can happen in a snap we've seen and, that as cases yeah, yeah it's and, and like a colin said i completely agree with him is the fact that you, if you don't get another d if you don't get depth defense and coglins are a seventh guy going into the playoffs i'm not i'm not upset about that that, that is a great guy to have mm-hmm. yeah he's getting that enough time he he's understanding the system a little bit better because he's actually getting a chance to play wouldn't be upset if he was our seventh d i mean it's ideal players. for us too because look at how many contracts we have expiring here in the next few years that cap space from not signing a depth d guy is really going to help out in re-signing those guys who yeah. consider vital yeah, to yeah, and we joke and we joke okay. about how we've been doing without slave and, and aho and you have the jokes of like well trade him um yeah those are funny um <laughs> the slave ones especially having a seizure <laughs> but they're obviously a lot of them obviously they're jokes um and again but to the positive aspect of instead of being like oh trade them but like saying again what you are saying look at the depth we have that we can cover for them and you're not going to notice a guy is out 
Um, I would say our friends over at Mile High would under talk about guys out on injuries and having teams step up to cover them. I don't know if they think the Avalanche have done that well this season. As somebody but, who covers their farm team, it's, yeah. So, um, yes, and also before we go to break, I would like to uh, appreciate all the Canes fans that found that one take about trading Slavin um, at the deadline just as outrageous as I did. <laughs> um, I and had no words. It's attacking you a million times in it. I had no words. <laughs> Like five uh, different people in that comment section. Has somebody checked on Kaniac Tech? Is she okay? <laughs> it was said, it was obviously said with so much seriousness. And they <laughs> had the audacity to say that Slavin didn't bring anything to the table for the Canes. And I've never wanted to go through a screen <sighs> and just grab somebody. <laughs> well, you noticed what I said about, like, about the Boston game. I don't, if we play Boston ever again this year. I don't think we'll go six for six on the PK. I just, I just no. think their power play is too good. But the key was, is we didn't have, and I said this for you, we didn't have our best penalty killer, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, if I, our top three defensive defensemen are Slavin, Pesci, and Shea. Well, Pesci and Slave, Pesci and Shea play with each other. And nothing against Brent Burns, but he's not the best defensive guy. That's why they put him with Slavin, right? So, you know, he, he is just so underrated. I mean, every game, no mistakes. I mean, the gap closure is, is unbelievable. And I anybody say, that wants to trade him, is, nobody could fill his shoes. No, nobody. you mentioned him being not a great defenseman defensively, too. But I I would argue that he's improved immensely over the start oh, he's, of the season. He's, well, and you know, I wanted to say this about Coglin going back to what you said, Zach and Kat, about the Canes play a very, very strong, structured system hockey. So especially defensemen coming in like Burns and Coglin, that makes it extra tough on them to get used to, right? The New Jersey game specifically is he, it wasn't so much mental mistakes or lack of skill. It, they were, it was positional because of the system they play. I mean, he, how many games has he played this season? Five or 10. So, you know, people were, you know, ragging on him and everything, but you know, the Canes play such a strong structured game that that was just a mental lapse and lack of experience in playing these games, which is why him playing these last 10 games for us while Slavin is out is so big for the system and as people want to rest down the the stretch it would be good for him to get more reps in when slavery yeah. comes back and we talk about how good pesci and shay are the first season that shay was with us he still struggled defensively oh, yeah because he get to know his partner and know how to play off him and so that's hard to do when you're not in for a long period of time i mean and now so Chatfield and Nahan play a lot better now together because they have been playing more consistently together. Burns kind had of the partner of Slavin, and so that's in, that's a guy that you can – he's now like, oh, I have more opportunity to go forward and be more offensive, but also if he's going to make any positional mistakes, I mean, of the two, obviously Slavin's going to cover a lot more than Nahan's going to cover a positional mistake. Like that's how it's just going to be because it's a different – and going back Harrison. to what Bailey was saying, I agree. Burns, I mean, he's being relied on the top PK pair with Slavin, right? And w one thing that's also pretty crazy is that all six of our defensemen are reliable penalty killers. You can put any of them out there. Calvin DeHaan, shot blocker. Jalen Chatfield can do anything. Obviously, Pesci, <laughs> Shea, Slavin. Like, I mean, all you can put any of them out there and they're going to kill penalties. Yeah. yeah and Not many teams can say that. Yeah, and, that, and that's the nice thing, too, because with Burns, like, you look back at Shea and Zay, like, he – kind of struggled the last couple of years because they had him with Carlson. Those two, those two together are straight up offensive guys. And you're trying to be like, all right, one of you needs to stay back. One of you needs to run it. 
And that's kind Your of blue line's not going to look super airtight with no and, defensive. And, well, well, that, well, that's why you see now Brent Burns with the Hurricanes this year. Yeah, he's figured out, you know, he's, play, he's playing, he's got that more of a defensive mindset with him too, but he's still doing his offensive style of the game, which is what Carolina wanted to bring him here for power play that, you know, quarterback the power play, score goals, blah, 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 all that stuff. That's why he's you know, leading the team in defense and points. But then, the fact when you, and that's why Eric Carlson's doing so much better in San Jose because he's the guy on his pair. He's not having to play it with Burns. So I think that's what kind of, that's why Burns seems like he kind of had a little bit of a dip because you have another offensive defenseman on the same pair. That doesn't work. You can't put two offensive guys together. And the Sharks kept just kept doing all these different changes and just threw Burns out of whack. Now you bring him to Carolina where there's structure. And you got a guy in Jacob Slavin next to him. That's why you see his production going up, back up again. And, you know, he's figuring it out and stuff like that. So that's why it's a good thing with the fact that you have, you know, Gleason as your guy. Um, it, it, it works out so nicely. So it's it's one of those things where I like how our defense is structured. If we don't get another defensive guy, okay, cool. Then we can look at our forwards because do we need some depth scoring on the forwards? Possibly, yes, but it's – you don't have a lot of question marks going into the playoffs or going into the deadline, which is a nice thing to see. So we will talk about defense for a little bit, but I think we should start trying to move more into the show as well. So first half recap real quick for the hurricanes, because they did go into um, the break. Of course, my bookmarks thing wanted to just completely be like, bye. (laughs) Um, So for Mike Brown, again, his tweet, so in their last thirty games, the Carolina Hurricanes went twenty-four, three and three. Goodness gracious! Goodness yeah, gracious. yeah, yeah. And so I think it was like there was a tweet. I think it was like December, like it was like one point in December, like it was like a certain date. Yeah, they were since December first, twenty-two, three and three. Since since December first, so that was their streak that they were on. That tells you how good. This Hurricanes team is the fact that it's just like this team is absolutely flying. And you look at where they are in the standings right now. They're 34, 9, and 8 for 76 points, plus 37 in the goal differential. They're 51 games played. I mean, they're right now, they're eight points on New Jersey. With they played, they have played two more games in New Jersey, but they're eight points up on them. And they're 14 up on the Rangers with you know, playing two more games than them, but it's even that, like, you look at Washington, Washington's played two more games than Carolina. They're at 60 points. Then Pittsburgh is at 57 points. Then Islanders are 55. Philly's 51, and the Jackets are 34 points. So if you look at how this division's lining up, right now the Hurricanes from first to fourth are 16 points up. So you Unless there's some monumental collapse, which I don't see happening, there's no way you see the Hurricanes falling out of a playoff spot. Mm-mm. And right now where they are leading the, the division, I mean, you love to see it. They're eight points up on New Jersey. Carolina is the second-best team in the entire league. Boston's first, of course. And then it's Carolina, Toronto at 70, New Jersey at 68. Then your first Western Conference team is the Dallas Stars at 66. So, I well, mean... And the fact that, so, last year... Our record at the break was 31, 9, and 2. This yep. year at the break, 34, 9, and 8. Like yeah. this, we're staying consistent. 
a little a little more cardiac canes there this season, it seems. But a little bit, yeah. But I mean, <sighs> if you go into a break like that when in their last thirty games, you've only you've only lost three in regulation. Not going to be too upset about that because it's like you're kind of almost running away with the Metro. Like I said, New Jersey is still close with eight. Can't really sleep on them. The Rangers are uh, kind of, but not really there. So, I mean, right now it's like if Caroline just keeps doing their thing and not really take their foot off the gas, I would be surprised if we see a back-to-back-to-back division titles for the Hurricanes. And we're talking back-to-back Metros. I mean, you, it's a great thing Give to it see. Give it to yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> I think the the important thing you said too, you were going, you know, points ahead of our divisional guys, eight eight in front of the Devils. And I do think obviously we're strong enough to win the Metro. And you know, worst case scenario, I think we come in second. And even if that happens, that still guarantees us um home ice advantage in the first round, right? Yeah. So I mean we know how important that is as a, as Canes fans. So yeah. um I mean, worst worst case scenario, home ice in the first round. Yeah, at I least. Mean, at least. Team, I mean, unless the Rangers somehow wake up, it's going to be either us or Jersey taking the division, which, mm-hmm. I mean, if that's the case, so be it. But, I mean, right now where the Kings are sitting, it's it's so great to see. It's the fact that you're going to your, you're going to the break. You know, you're in a, on the division in the second place. You're in second in the entire league, and you just beat the number one team pretty good. In your last with some key injuries, right? I mean, we were talking about Ajo and Slavin, but let's not forget we didn't have our number one goaltender for the almost the entire first half of the year, right? So we're we're and then and then he came back and decided he wasn't losing. No, (laughs) right. So we were missing our number one center, our number one D, and our number one goalie. You know, the three of the most important players on our team, right? And we're still finding ways to win. We're still finding ways to be the second best in the league. It's just yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah, it, it basically, Freddie went full shorty and it's like, we will never lose a game again. That's and basically, it's basically what the game goes and to. When he, and when he saw he was coming, when Ronta saw Freddie was coming back and Freddie was like, no, we're not, we're not losing. Ronta was like, I can do that too. I, yeah. Yeah. Challenge accepted. And so um, it's just uh, just a reminder that they were the winning duo not only does it kind of show the strength that we have in the crease but i think freddie coming back kind of lit a fire underneath everybody too and saying like Mm -hmm. hey our top guy who we know we can trust is back from injury and he's got this whole okay let's get freaking going kind of mindset why can't we yeah and i think the most underrated thing about freddie's game is the timeliness of his saves right so i think we i think in the and i love this about trip being a former goalie is he always talks about the timeliness of saves right Mm -hmm. remember that save so when we were up 4-1 against the kings you know i think it was either in the beginning of the third or the end of the second he had a huge breakaway save that would have made it five to one and at that point the chances of us coming back you take the even more wind out of our sails i mean it's just the yeah. saves like that. I mean, even going back, I don't think it was Boston. It may have been in San Jose that he had another great save. And it's just um, oh, yeah. the timeliness of his saves, too, is just is so key. So, I mean, so many great saves. I mean, like going down, just going down with where, where we're at points-wise with the guys on this team right now, Martin Nietzsche is 47 points. I, I, like I said, I was on the Martin Nietzsche train, but you could not tell me beginning of the season this dude would be leading the team in points. I thought he was going to have a great season. I didn't mm-hmm. think he was going to have a whole world. I want to start having career high seasons. 
If he had been at the All-Star game, the Metro probably would have gone farther than one game. Yeah. I know that it's that's what Jarvis was saying, right? I mean, like you've got pretty much the bet one of the best three on three guys in the league and who's shown it this year in overtime, right? Back to back OT winners. How many does he have on the season? You know, four, five, six. I, I yeah, I think he's got three overtime winners this year already. But and that's the thing. And that's because they asked Rod Brandmore and, and Rod, and Rod even said if he was anywhere else, he would have gotten in. So Rod understands like the only reason why he, he was on the Rangers. Is, well, we're stepping back to like talking about like the Canes fans on the rise, right? Look, I mean, look how passionate they were. Look how you know they went. Did, he was trending on Twitter for like a hundred thousand you know votes. So a there's lot, no reason. A lot he, of that was thanks to Zach. right. But it, <laughs> how many how many other fan bases would have would have pushed to get that done, right? No, how many how many fan bases would be this pissed off? That, Colin, there right. were people that went and tallied up the tallied them up like they went yeah. search the tags and they were like no one was as close to him so right. we are pretty everyone is like 99 sure that the twitter vote was just a promotion there's no way they actually counted it was they said they were going yeah to. i mean uh, and they screwed up with the all-star selections yeah are we really bringing back uh search cast after dark <laughs> <laughs> No, we shouldn't go down that. But did you look up how many overtime winners Natchez had? Was that what you were doing? Were you looking up the overtime? Surprisingly, in 51 games, in 51 games, he's only got three. Wow. For some reason, I so he had two against – he had the two against Dallas and then the OT winner against the Sharks. Yep. He has three overtime winners this year. But the fact – like I said, 47 points for this guy. Like – you love to see I, – I, like I said, I thought he was going to have a great year this year. You know, he, yeah, I thought he was going to have a bounce back from last year. I wasn't thinking, all right, time to start saying career highs and let's get a bigger contract, which I wouldn't be upset about. Give him a five-by-five. Five. Yes, please. So I would take that. Any day so speaking of the, the midseason – sorry, Zach. So speaking of midseason and our other friend, Colin, who's Zach's number one fan um, – did a vote and said, who has your vote to be Carolina's midseason MVP? And he said, Svetch, Aho, Natus, or another one. And I know who I voted for. Who this would you guys tough. say it is? Oh, this I is so I tough. Voted. Zach, who did, you, who did you say? Martin Natus. Okay, Bailey. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Okay. So, well, so – I would I would say Svetch was I wouldn't have said Svetch as much in there. I would have said it's probably it seems between Aho and Natchez, but it's right. honestly because Aho has now woken up to full Aho form. Uh, yeah. Here's the reason why we're so hot these last you know ten or fifteen games is because we have two offensive machines of lines, and Aho has woken up and Natchez has not slowed down, and that's why we're winning games. Because Natchez is scoring goals, Aho scoring goals. It's just you know. Honestly, even when, when Natchez is a little bit, so and even when Natchez isn't scoring, he's getting assists in almost every game. Like he's right. But we have two consistent offensive lines we can count on almost every game to at least generate one point, right? So I mean, if you're getting even strength point from your top line, your second line. You know, Stahl's line, you can never count them out. Hell, they can take over a game if they wanted to, and we've seen that and before. They, they I mean, even yeah. look at – hell, yeah. look at uh, Nason and Stefan on the bottom line. Like yeah. Right. Yeah. The fourth line? Yeah. Yeah. That's the same. Trust me, we got a lot of stats that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. But, but, like, the fact – just this team. We talk about Ajo, 46 points. This dude has come out of nowhere. He's like, he's like all right. Time to wake up a little bit. Now he's, yep. second, now he's second in the team in points. Andre Svechnikov, 42. Like, 
you have three guys in the 40s already, and we're only halfway yep. through the season. Like, you're looking at three guys who could easily hit 60 points if they wanted to. And, and I will say, going into the All-Star break, Svech wasn't really a slump, but he went down a little bit. Imagine if he's firing on all cylinders again, too. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. that's the fact that incredible. <laughs> cover on the same line together is absolutely scary. It is scary with those two together. So, fourth on the team in points, Brent Burns, 37, leads all defensemen in points. The next the next defenseman is Brady Shea, who's in 10th with 23. Brent Burns is Brady Shea better. Take off year. Let's the yeah. season of Shea. <laughs> the season of Shea. Uh, oh, Jordan, my God. Jordan Stahl, 25 points. Jordan Martinuk, 25 points. <laughs> Stefan <laughs> Nason, 25 points. <laughs> Seth, Jar- Seth Jarvis, 24. He just has, he wants to have the same number as his jersey. (laughs) Remember at one point we were like, all right, is Tavo going to wake up? Tavo, 24 points, tied for eighth on the team. That's the best part about Tavo waking up because when Tavo wakes up, it helps Ajo more. Mm -hmm. Brady Shea, 23. Brett Pesci, 21. Kakanyemi's got 20. Jesper Foss, 19. Paul Statsny got 16. Not bad. Not bad for a guy who's kind of flip flopping over the lineup. Uh, Jacob yeah, only, I was going to say only making a million and a half too. Yeah, Jacob. But plug and play. If you're looking at those, why? Sorry, why is Sassy on the second over KK? That's just my question every time. Again, I'm going to talk. No, I'm going to talk shit, and it's not really shit. But every time I talk about him, he scores. So you're welcome, Paul. <laughs> every time I'm like, why is he up there? He scores. <laughs> hey, he's, he's playoff Paul. Leave him. He's a power play Paul. Leave him alone. I know, but KK is doing so well. I want him to be like rewarded because everyone, you know, everyone's like, "Oh, he's on the fourth line." He's doing fantastic. Oh, on the fourth line, he is. Jacob Slavin, fifteen points. Jalen Shaffield, Cha Cha Bang Bang himself, Chapman do eleven points. You love to see it. You love to see from your third from your third D pair. Calvin DeHaan's got nine. Derek Stefan's got eight. Max Pacioretty with three. (laughs) Sorry, Max. We hope you come back if you, if you do. Uh, Dylan Coggle with three, Jack Drury with two, and then Maxime Lajoie with zero points. I mean, he was here for like what, maybe a game or two, mm-hmm. if that. Andre Kasha, zero, zero points, and nothing, nothing, zeros, nothing against him, but um, it's just what what can you really do? So, are we all going to agree he's probably he's not going to see the ice for us, right? Like he's practicing, but I just don't know. I mean, for his sake, you can't make the decision for him because I'm sure he loves the game. But I mean, for his sake, is you know he's bounced around from concussions in Anaheim to concussions in Boston to concussions in Toronto to concussions here, and it's like he. I mean, he hasn't played since, he hasn't played since like the first week of October. We've also right. like and we've he missed the whole season in Toronto because of a concussion. I mean, and it's also- like. Our other guys have got concussions before. Like Tavo had a concussion. Like people have had concussions, but this guy is like I mean, a yellow contact jersey. He's not coming off anytime soon. Second, first or second game of the season, and he got it. I mean, it's like, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. He's played maybe two games with us. And, and, like I don't trust him on the ice against like Boston. <laughs> like I no, that's not safe I, for I, him. <laughs> I, I I feel bad for Andre Kasha because the fact like because I was come like oh if we get Andre Kasha if he plays the whole season with us that's a great depth scoring guy because he can score yep. goals. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I I was gonna say 
saying that I wouldn't trust him is probably not a poor choice of words. I just, I'd be worried for him. Yeah, no, I would. No, I would say that trusting him in terms of like him not getting absolutely okay. wrecked by a Boston. Yeah, player. him not getting no, absolutely he's, he's wrecked, good. but also he's good. I don't like, know I if he would trust be him being safe. With I don't know if he'd be able to be physical back too. Like I don't know or, if he would have that. Also, he's it's physical. tough for a guy. I would be more afraid of him actually him getting clipped by a elbow from a Truba or a dirty hit from a. So it's 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 not we can we we can trust him if he was healthy. It's just that some teams. Okay. I, yeah. No. Him. When I say, I, I guess I, I would say, when I say that. trust, I, I don't. I wouldn't trust that he would be able to play the whole game. Be, not okay. not because he couldn't do it from his own, yeah. but he would probably get injured. Yeah. So he, yeah. He's played sixty games since twenty nineteen. Right. That's Jay. Though I mean, that's Jake Gardner numbers. I was right? gonna. So well, there's, there's he's he's played out in the middle of that too. But yes, that's I, I true. Yeah. But I mean, 60, 60 games. You know, it's that's it. I mean, he did. I didn't realize he had 50 games in Toronto. That's a lot. But, you know, he's a good player. But to miss that many games and come up and play for a team as fast and structured as we are, it is going to be tough to trust them. I mean, you know, we saw the growing pains that Coglin and Burns had. And um, it's just I mean, it, he would be he's he would be a nice depth piece to have, you know, if he was healthy down the stretch or whatever. You know, I like our 12 guys that we have now. Who knows if we make a move, but he's he's good depth. And what did we sign him for? A million, a million and a half. So, I mean, yeah, it's nothing to eat. Enough. It's just uh, it's it, almost it is one of those things, though, like if he does come back and he's healthy and he's capable enough of playing an entire game, where does he even fit in? That's what I was going to say. Fourth, like, it's fourth, also fourth like. Line. I he's couldn't. A, he's a fourth line guy. But I couldn't see taking out. Take I out couldn't see taking out. They, yeah, I wouldn't see that though. I don't think I Nason mean, is going to be the one. I think Stepan is going to be the one that is the fluctuating piece yeah. uh, because Nason plays such a key role on our power play. Uh, and I yeah. don't. I don't see Kasha, like even if he was healthy, I don't see him him coming back and being healthy and not knowing the system and also being an injury kind of liability. That he would be over Stefan. He like would I need just, to lose a like significant depth for yeah. us to kind of sit here and say, okay, let's plug Andre Kasha in here. Mason has yeah. proven that he deserves a roster spot. Absolutely. Step on play center, which is key. I mean, we know that we know his veteran, you know, status. So, I mean, I don't see I don't see Kasha coming in and taking over one of those guys if they're healthy. Mm-mm. In the no, story, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a rotation spot for Kasha if anything else, mm-hmm. but. That's if Vera comes back. So goals real quick. Uh, Aho does lead the team in goals with 23. Martinich is 21. Svechikov, 19. Jordan Stahl with 14. And Jordan Martinuk with 11. Um, our top D guys in goals, Burns and Shea both have 10. So wow. those are for that. Assist-wise, Brent Burns leads the team in the assist with 27. My fantasy Our own team. Mountain man. Yeah. My fantasy team loves it. <laughs> Uh, Martin Nietzsche's, who I love on my fantasy team, is my only hurricane. Uh, 26 assists, Aho 23, Svech 23, Tava with 19, Brett Pesci with 17, Nason 16, and Seth Jarvis 16. So, I mean, can't be Aho's so scoring at 0.5 goals per game. <laughs> I mean, that's this is the at probably this that's is the right most. Now. Yeah, yeah, right. So he's, I mean, he 23 goals and I think 44 games. So over an 82 game season, I think that's like almost 50 goals. I think it's like if you do the math, 48 or 49. 
Yeah. So this that's is it, that's if he was playing every game. If he wasn't out for that short period of time, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's he could hit forty goals in seventy games this year. Oh, he the could. way that he's he going. And oh, I, he, he I know people goal. voted Aho uh, when we were voting for the extra person to go to the All Star, uh, and I know they voted Aho. At that moment, I didn't vote Aho because the first half of the season he wasn't playing like this. Right. If he had mm-hmm. been playing like this from the first, I would have been like, why didn't he make Pretty it over Svetch? Like it would have been between him and Natchez. I would have, if Svetch had still gotten it, I would have been like, why didn't you pick one of those two instead? And Svetch would have been our vote in maybe. Um, but I'm, if he had been playing like this, the beginning of the season, he would have been also again, no, no shot. Like, oh, yeah. for sure. They just didn't uh, want the accuracy. again. So the, I'm pretty sure the Canes are the only team in the league to have two players with two hat tricks. I think the only other team is Vancouver. Yep. Well, not anymore because they traded Bo Horvat. But uh, <laughs> I think it was Vancouver with Horvat and somebody else. Still count for the fact that he was with the team. When it you're right. Ouch. You're right. But what Svetch has two hat tricks: one against Edmonton, actually both against Edmonton, both one in a loss and one in a win. And then Ajo's two hat tricks: Buffalo and I think Vegas. No, Islanders recently with the empty netter. So. Yeah, well, a lot, a lot of Hatties this year for sure for the Hurricanes. So switching yep. to the goalies real quick. Goals against average, like to be fair. To be, to be fair. fair. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> we had to keep this in mind. One of these guys is back with Chicago, so guys got to keep that in mind Which, for this. Little note on that: Andrew Rinaldi just recently did an interview with Piotr. Yep. Lose the nickname, guys. <laughs> hey, no, don't don't lump me in this. You know what? Nick no, 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 no. I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about other fans. I'm not part of that group. It's been, it's always been it's, Peter it, the Great. It'll stay Peter the Great. It, it, PNC chants it. They I chant know. it, and they they hit it with. I mean, they hit it with the after big saves. I mean, you hear it's it. hard. It does sound a little bit like booing. Um. He knows what is. He knows and what it says. Yeah, but it's also so the thing about the nickname is difficult. I know I yeah. saw the thing where he says he's like not really his fate. Like he was just like kind of no comment, and then he said he likes PK. It's hard because it's the team that gave it to him. Like it wasn't us. So like the guys on the team and Rod call him that. So yeah. like it's was that's it, what's how, difficult because like even if we stop saying it, they're still gonna say it. Like what? what how do they even get to that? Is my question. How do you even get that? It's out probably of just easier team? to say than his last name is my guess. It's just they Chekhov? just yeah yeah. PK or Piotr the Great. I mean, so it's I like Sam know. trying to struggle saying Suchnikov. So, but they still like they. Was it, was it Suchnikov? So, I, I thought she. Could, no, thought even she if could. Sam didn't struggle with it, you heard the All Star game. Russian oh games are a little difficult. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I don't want to talk. I, we got to move on. We'll get there. Uh, was it? Was it? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're not at the talking about the all star. Was it? Was it Aaron that tweeted that she like did all the different ways they had tried to say yep. Svechnikov and then crossed it out and then put the right spelling at the bottom. Yeah. And said someone make a T-shirt of this. I would buy that T-shirt in a heartbeat. I oh my god, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna get way sidetracked here, but I don't know if you guys remember, but it was last year or two years ago. We had an overtime goal where Svechnikov did the splits to stay on side. And I just remember Svechnikov. saying, Andre Svechnikov, and I died. I yep. absolutely yeah. lost it. 
That so, was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> did, did, did you remember like the old toy back in the day where it was like that it was like that stretchy toy that was like yes. really cool, wow, really fun. Yeah. Was Andre Stretchnikov. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Stretchnikov. It was Andre funny because it was like a freeze frame too, and he yeah. was like that display. Like, yeah. Oh I, I'm gonna like, see if I can't like, find I that felt, picture. It's like, sir, I felt that. <laughs> All right, so goals against average. Pyotr Kachekov does lead the team at two point three three. And Toronto two point four six. Freddie Anderson two point. Four eight. Save percentage wise, Piotr nine thirteen, Freddie nine oh three, and Toronto nine oh two. Yeah, Ronta just got over nine hundred too yep. with his recent win. Yep. Uh wins. Antiranta thirteen. Freddie Anderson eleven. Piotr could check off with ten. And then shutouts. We have five shutouts this year for the Hurricanes. Wow. Three for Piotr, two for Antiranta, and zero for Freddie Anderson. But that's wow. <sighs> Freddie should have okay no Freddie should have had did, two he, yeah Freddie should have had two the first one was when he decided to play baseball <laughs> during the game that was Freddie's fault and then he should have had a shutout against Boston but the refs decided oh we're not going to call penalties like this now and then they got the snipe on him which he was like clearly shielded so he couldn't see it but also that was yeah. Ajo's man that he couldn't mark because he didn't have a save so technically Freddie should have had two yes yes <laughs> That but I, about that Pittsburgh game, I mean, they really shut the door after that goal. Mm-hmm. The whole team. I'm, Anyways, Fred, moving on. That well, that also shows how resilient. Like Freddie is such a competitor. <laughs> yes, yes, that's it. Yeah. It looks Gosh, fake. It looks so fake. He looks but like it a works. Spaghetti noodle. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if like one of those watching, little toys. Yeah. If you're if you're watching the YouTube version, uh, Bailey just showed the Andre Stretchnikov super stretch. Andre Stretchnikov. It yeah. looks like when, like, you draw a stick figure and you give them bangs, and they're like, "That's what his legs look like." And guess who it was against? We won that game, and guess who it was against? Dallas. Yep. <laughs> we own them in OT. <laughs> we haunt them. We're we're in their walls when it comes to the OT winners. <laughs> All right, so moving on to stat stuff, which we got we got a good few because we were talking about from a week ago, so we have a, a few to catch up on. So. This is going to be fun. All right, so Hurricanes PR. Freddie Anderson, Antioranta, and Pierre Kachekov each earned 10-plus wins this season. Mark wow. is just the 14th time in NHL history that a team has had three goaltenders post double-digit wins in a single season. Wow. Freddie, 10-3. and Antioranta, 12-2-3. Piotr, 10-4. and This is a week ago. So it has changed a little bit since then because Ranta does have 13. But at that time, from it was like six days ago. That's still absolutely insane how the fact that we have three guys with double-digit wins this season for the Hurricanes. It doesn't how great our goaltending is. After tw- stopping 24 of 25 shots faced against Boston, Freddie Anderson has now posted a 4-0-0 record with a .5 goals against average and a wow. 9.84 save percentage and two shutouts in four games against the Boston Bruins in his career. Oh like, Freddie God. Anderson owns Boston. Like, honestly, Boston needs to give the keys to Freddie Anderson and let him run the team at this point. Point five. I'm guessing – five. I'm guessing those – because I know last year in the regular season, right, didn't we – I'm sure, I know we owned them. I mean, we dominated them. One game it was like eight to one or something. Yeah, uh, Freddie Anderson also got a shutout against Boston in Boston. My parents were actually at that game when they did yep. it. 
and yeah, like he he was undefeated last year against them too, and I think he only gave him like one goal. I think that was the Willie O'Ree night, actually. The the game your parents oh, would have been at yeah. the shutout because it was on awesome, national yeah. TV. That was when we were like we were like like sixteen unanswered goals against them at that yeah. after yeah. we yeah. played oh, them. Yeah, I, think yeah, I, I think we that. I think we finished sixteen and one against mm-hmm. them. You're right. You're Absol- right. Absolutely. Like I think they scored one goal against us the entire regular season. Like mm-hmm. absolutely owned them. Yeah. And Freddie must have got the start for both of those games. Playoffs and which, which I love after the last, after we just played them, the I think one of the recent articles I saw was, are the Carolina Hurricanes the thing that's about to stop the Boston Bruins playoffs? Yeah, they're only kryptonite. Yeah, or, We're their kryptonite. And it used to be the other way around. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that kind of changed. Uh, so from Kane's uniform tracker, if you guys aren't following this account, please do it. It's so good. This account's so great. So after their win from I think it was from four days ago, the Hurricanes improved to six and one, which is .857, wearing the red 25th anniversary jerseys this season. Then of course the record at the time 33 nine and eight for a 740 win percentage. But I'm putting this I'm putting this out again, petitioning to make these the new primary jerseys because we need to bring these back as the primaries do the, the do the white opposite of these. And make the primaries that are now that what Colin's wearing make those the alternates again. Because right, honestly, these, exactly. These 20, the these Friday games. Jerseys, these twenty fifth jerseys are so nice. I want these to be the primaries again. I want that's the jersey good. that I'm going to buy this year, and I don't know who to get. I really don't know who to get. Well, mine's got a certain number seventeen on it because he's my uh, all time favorite. Hurricane. That's a sweet one. I'm getting a certain uh, Hall of Fame inductee on the back of mine. Yeah, being and Bailey are going to be twins again because I have another 25th anniversary jersey that I have, which also is going to have a Cam Ward on the back, which is just going to be absolutely amazing. Which, about Cam Ward, we will talk about him in a little while, too, because there's some, uh, something pretty cool about that night. So, so, from AHL Public Relations, Brent Burns, at 37 years, 328 days, became the AHL's oldest defenseman with a point streak of at least six games. Since Andre wow. Markov in the 16-17 season with the Canadians, 37 years, 334 days with seven games played. Obviously, that streak did get extended, but this was from four days ago. So, like I said, it's, we're, tr- we're catching up on a lot of stuff from since our last episode. But Brent Burns, have yourself a point streak, sir. You'd love to see it from BB8. Mm-hmm. Um, inside the actual tweet. Uh, Brent Burns scored and extended his point streak to six games. The only Hurricanes Whalers defenseman in the past 25 years to have a longer run. Dougie Hamilton with 14 games back in the 2021 season, and Justin Falk at seven in the 15-16 season. Wow. So Brent Burns was some uh, with some good company in terms of yeah. point streaks. Um, Angel Public Relations, once again, the Cardiac Canes strike again. Where have we seen this story before? Uh, down 4-1 in the third period, came back 4 unanswered to bolster their lead atop of the Metro Division. And then the Hurricanes registered three goals, a three-goal third-period comeback for their fifth time in team history following 2016 in December they did against Vancouver, December 31st, 2013 against Montreal, April 7th, 2007 against the Florida Panthers, and then January 11th, 2007, against the Florida Panthers. So apparently Florida did not like us in 2007. Wow, I feel, two in a row, I know. I feel like no team feels safe with a lead against us right now. No. We've there, only – no 
quit in these hurricanes. Of our loss, oh, we've had three losses. Um, we've only had we've only been shut out twice. Um, Florida was one. Florida was one, and unfortunately, Arizona. 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 Oh, God. Hey, but we needed that because that was when the the switch flipped. That is what that was following like a five game. I, I started with the Rangers, I yeah, believe. That was, a, that, was, that was the month of November where we played like absolute actually. Crap the I think that was the last game before we went on our huge win streak of like eight, nine games or whatever. It was, it was actually our it was it was actually the start of our massive point streak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because because Boston was an overtime loss, but the fact that yep. we, for the fact that we we should have been in Boston that game. Now that game still frustrates me. We were actually beating them and lost it. But that was the start of the point streak too, because we lose the Boston in overtime, and then it had like four straight overtime losses after that. But they were still they were still getting points. Yep. In the process, but yeah, that that game definitely uh, changed things, to say the least. So from friend of the show Walt Ruff, not only does Sebastian Iowa have goals in five consecutive contests. This is from four days ago. He also has twenty two points. In 14 career games against the Buffalo Sabres. He has scored, he recorded his fifth career hat trick in the Hurricanes 5-3 win over tonight's opponent back on November 4th. That was against Buffalo, which. I think this is the second year in a row he's had a hat trick against Buffalo. Yep. But the fact Last year, I think he did too. Of, 22 points in 14 games against those guys, like my word. I don't think Buffalo likes to see Sebastian Ajo. The real Sebastian Ajo, please stand up, because he's doing his thing. I mean, like I said, Hurricanes PR with the opening with um, yeah, with his opening goal that night, which was from three days ago. Sebastian Ajo extended his goal streak to six games, starting on the twenty first of January to February first with nine goals. Now tied for the longest goal streak of his career, which was seven goals and three assists in between the 31st of January 2020 to February 11th. Now, this is for Jules, because I know she loves cock and yummy. <laughs> he has tallied two, so his two assists that night was his second multi-point game and third multi-point game of the season. His last one was on December 30th against Florida with a goal and assist, and the Jackets on the 12th of January for two assists. He has now recorded four assists in his last four games, and that was going from January 27th to the 1st of February. You know who doesn't like KK? Who doesn't like KK? Dallas. <laughs> yeah. Does he? Do you not remember last time we played Buffalo? He fought him. Yeah. He fought him. Yeah. We were dominating. We, not, we that gave him a concussion. <laughs> yeah. He oh, was out. Yeah, that's right. That. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, people he, were he, mad at. He hit him pretty good too. Yeah, people were mad at KK because he was like they were punching each other with their gloves on, but Darlene was doing the same thing, and KK was getting the flag, so it didn't really make any sense. Darlene was also the one who shot the puck after the whistle, so everything was everything was deserved. Justified. It's yeah. exactly. it's it's people around the league. It's their favorite thing to hate on KK. It doesn't really make sense, but it's their favorite yeah. thing. We really, live really. in Montreal fans' heads rent free. That's Pretty much. I mean, we, you know, got the lava lamp in the corner, got the beanbag chair in the other, got the popcorn <laughs> maker over there on the far wall. I mean, it's just, it's one, like, you know, we got the 2006 playoffs running back where they were up to nothing and we came back and absolutely just molly whopped them for the rest of the round. So, yeah, they're, they're upset. They, they don't like us very much. No, they don't like us, but they told us it was their game plan. They're trying to 
tank for Bedard, apparently. So we'll see how that yeah, goes. I hope every he goes to the West. Yeah, have, have fun with that. I mean, I don't know that uh, game plan, but sure. <laughs> Can't relate. <really. laughs> So from three days ago, um, so Sebastian, it only took two minutes and 35 seconds for Aho to find the back of the net to get his streak of goals to six games straight. Um, so for that, only two players in Hurricanes Whalers history have recorded a longer goal streak more than six games. Pierre LaRouche got nine goals back in the 81-82 season with Hartford. And then Ray Ferraro, also with the Whalers wow. at the time for 88-89 had seven games straight of goals. So yeah, we're going we're going back to the late eight. We're going back to the eighties for goal streaks with this franchise. So yeah, how about that? Your so you know how we always talk about so Bailey's favorite player is Cam Warren. Yours is I I say Slavin, but really I mean overall R, RBA like and Slavin mine. Collins is Aho. So everything you're talking about, okay. <laughs> he knows yeah. well. <laughs> hey, hey, nothing, hey, nothing wrong with that. Oh yeah, RBA is my all-time favorite Hurricane, but current is Slavin. So I mean, it, it makes sense. But yeah, Colin, right in his wheelhouse. Here you yeah, go, Colin. absolutely. Here you go. Oh yeah, he's he's our golden boy. Right. <laughs> All right. So from the Hurricanes from three days ago, a ten-game point streak came to the All-Star break. Yeah, we'll smile about that. I mean. If you're a Hurricanes fan, you gotta be loving it. 10 game point streak, winning seven in a row to go to basically end the first half of the season. I mean, how can you not enjoy that? Like with a lot of quality wins, a lot of quality wins in there. Comeback wins, like I said, the the one against the Bruins. I mean, that was super quality win. I mean, the Kings are first in their division. Come back three goals in the third. I mean, it would be very easy for the Canes to, you know, take their foot off the gas and be tied with New Jersey and the Metro, but they said no. And they said, you know, no. see in the rearview mirror. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. We'll see you later. So right. that was a lot of your that's a lot of your stats, a lot of your first half recaps and stuff like that. So now <laughs> now we're gonna transition to the second half of the show. But before we get into the, the second half of the show. We have to talk about our lovely sponsors, Primal X Hockey, who's been our OG sponsor since even before episode one, and we're on now episode 55 of the podcast. Put up with a lot of shenanigans. (laughs) Yeah, they've been put up with a lot of shenanigans, but this is going to be absolutely amazing. Um, So, Bailey, real quick, why don't you go and uh, talk about our amazing sponsors at Primo? So... If you guys are the hockey fans that you guys say you are, I mean, obviously you're listening to the Surge cast here. You guys are going to love Primo X. Um, they have a whole bunch of uh, different skating gear or a whole bunch of different categories regarding skating gear. Um, so anything your heart desires, tape, socks, laces, pucks and balls, uh, helmets, socks, skates, any literally anything. Um, if you uh, go to primoxhockey.com, um, at checkout, go use the code SurgeCast for twenty percent off of your order. Um, they are a Raleigh-based uh, company. Out, you get that Aho discount. You do get that Aho discount. <laughs> you put that together, jeez. But they are a Raleigh-based <laughs> company. Uh, so if you guys are in the area, definitely go check them out. They've got a whole warehouse uh, where you can browse everything. They just added. Oh my god, uh, they just added a. Uh, <laughs> 
a skate sharpening machine over there too. So if you're lucky enough to get some skates over there from them, uh, you can sharpen them on site. But uh, like I said, they've got some really cool gear over there for you. Um, and not only do they have hockey gear, but they also have some really hot uh, merchandise too with a really really insane logo. So if you guys are interested in not only supporting uh, Raleigh-based companies, but supporting the podcast as well, definitely go check them out. Again, that is primoxhockey.com. And if the rest of you heard that notification, I think that Zach getting a notification that his Primo order was... Nope, that was mine. Oh, that was Bailey. <laughs> no, no, I actually <laughs> mute my stuff so that was no that was all daily so yeah. sorry i forgot i normally turn my computer on do not disturb mode when i'm recording but i forgot so yeah so i think it was bailey getting her uh primal x order was uh, not if you're not, yeah her order had shipped well, hey i need to i need i need to rep some stuff from them i have yet to get some stuff and i need to make it happen come on bailey what are we so. doing here Hey, I plan on trying to visit the warehouse while I'm out there. So there's yeah, that. Yeah, she's just waiting to do it in person. Yeah, you should, though. I mean, I mean, you know, Matt and those guys are so great talking. His wife, they're just they're just so amazing. It's like they're just awesome so group great, over though. there. Oh, amazing group. I mean, cannot say enough great things about Primo. Just the fact, like I said, they've been here since before day one is absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you would love to have long-running sponsors for a podcast, but. Yes, definitely big shout out to those guys for believing in us before we even had a show. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we're now on 55 episodes, can't go wrong with that. We love so, you guys. They put yeah, up with yeah. Zach for a long time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I've been putting up with myself for 30 years. So, I mean, you kind of used to it after a while. Um, so we had the All-Star Weekend, which was... I missed all of it because I had to go to a cousin, my cousin's wedding on Friday, and then we I drove back Saturday, so I missed the entire thing. Which let me just say, it was a trip. Um, I, I didn't I mean, watch it either. I, I know they have the whole. <laughs> I know they have the whole. Like the whole competition is on YouTube. I don't feel like wasting an hour and a half of my time because. Colin, did you watch it? I watched the skills competition. Well, I I shouldn't say that. I actually, um, I was out of town Friday, and I got back just in time for. Uh, to turn on to see Fiala and Svetch in the finals. Okay. And so it was perfect timing, and I watched Fiala and then Svetch, and that was that was obviously the best part about it. As a oh, Kings absolutely. fan, there was there was nothing else about it really that, you know, was was that entertaining. The the games were just all right. Um, so, Svetch did try oh. a nice little between the legs. Uh, he did try a nice between the legs move in the first game, and I think he just missed. But other than that, I mean, I mean the Svetch – I mean, him winning the fastest skater. I mean, I don't think anybody saw – I didn't see that coming, to be oh, honest. No, because we said, what, he got thrown into that because McDavid didn't want to do it? Isn't yeah. that what we were Pretty thinking? Pretty much, yeah. It's it's just – The one thing I will say about the skills competition, this is coming from somebody with ADHD. I can keep up with a lot. That skills competition was a little hectic because what they did is they would start a competition and then they would jump into another skill – just so, because there were some people that were only in the fastest skater competition, yep, and they wanted to prolong their exposure on TV, and so they would start the competition, and then they would go to another thing, and then finish the final later. And I was like, I, as much as I get it, no, like the jumping but, around, it's just it's that, too much. That so- just, but that that's not their thing though, because they've always done it where it was just like it's the it's this competition and then they finish and then you move on to the next one. They don't split it up. 
the well, summer. and they used to just have like like the fastest skater, the five fastest people would go, and that would be done. Whoever had the best time would win, and Svech did that. But now they were doing finals, so the top two people in each category would face off in the finals, which – and they didn't even do the finals next, right? They would go from the fastest skater, okay, Svech and Fiala are in the finals. We're going to do that in an hour and a half after two more competitions. So it was just it was just dumb. Yeah, well, yeah. Like the last like the last two All Star Game weekends they've done has been so chaotic and so like they're like making up new competitions to fit in with the region they're in, and it's like right. Why? I get that. That well, I, 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 I feel, get it, but they're not good though. That's the thing. They're not good competitions. They're not fun to watch. So my take as someone that didn't sit and watch it at all, I watched that. Like I think I saw the video, but I wasn't watching it. But I was watching people's feedback from watching it, like on Twitter and everything. Everyone was like, what am I watching? Like, nobody was entertained by it. it they were like, this unpopular. is chaos. It's not fun. It's not people they wanted to see. Do I think the two highlights I saw, obviously, Svetch's was a highlight because it's Kane's for it's me. Svetch and nobody. But, but, and then Ovechkin's son coming out. And all of us knew something was going to probably happen with that because they teased it, him and Crosby and then his son. Who so those that? were the two. Oh, and and um, Nurse's shot. Oh, um, that was cool. which was that great. Was Nasty. Was I don't want to hear anyone saying the goalie didn't try to stop that. Like, no. Um, the, goal, the goal was absolutely nasty, but it, yeah, it's just so. Cool. Those were the three highlights I got from. I will say that that and Makar falling, wiping out of the Makar. I didn't see that. I felt I, so I bad think, for him. I think I heard it. I saw a tweet where they were like, I think I just heard all the Avalanche fans gasp across the country with one breath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I felt Colorado shake just a little bit. <laughs> that, and that's the whole thing with the with the how the skills competition went. Like the last like two years, it's just been I think they've been kind of just duds. Like they have not been mm-hmm. interesting. Well, like I understand they want to try to like make new things because they're like <laughs> the same rinse and repeat every year, but at the same time it's like maybe actually fit the guys who are going into the certain categories that actually makes sense to them. This year, I feel like it's the fact that the NHL pinned themselves so deep into a corner that they kind of had to just like throw guys into competitions because they had to like, well, they were talking about the style and stuff. And they were like, why are you having this one competition without someone like Zegers in it? That's going to make it fun and entertaining. And instead you have these other players and it's like, that's all right, but that's not really what we'd want to see. And honestly, I feel like, obviously we've talked about the whole nature should be there part, but I feel like from the beginning, this all-star is just kind of the ball was dropped. Like the, with who came for each team, like the yeah, way that just... certain teams got extra players, but it wasn't really like, they didn't really fit categories either. Did we have a defenseman on the Metro? <laughs> like, no, right. We didn't have anyone playing defense. Adam, just, just Adam one Adam Fox. Fox. Just, Fox yeah. just one. Yeah. He played so, the whole time. But the and, Atlantic wasn't. That, that's the thing that's like, they just, the way they did it was like it was they went for so many names that they kind of like they so lost the traction of guys who were actually having good seasons where they could fit into categories and they were just throwing out like okay let's have all of our big name guys from all these big markets get in like it didn't really make any sense like Troy Tier is the only duck there but like you could have had Zeke or so there was and, no problem and most of the time you have like three Rangers how do you like who's who's the devil that got in was it Hughes just Hughes yeah, right? yeah. Hughes so you, so you couldn't tell me you couldn't get like 
Nico Heischer or Jasper Brott or someone else from the Devils. That Dougie did. Hamilton, too. And, Jasper Brott and Dougie Hamilton would have been my favorite. And most of the names, most of the big names, most, I mean, we were like, yeah, Ovi went this time because his son was there. Most of the big names, a lot of times now they're starting to opt out because they're like, we want vacation. We've done this before. What, what, so why don't you give what, what, new players what, like Zegers and stuff a, more of a chance because that's who people want to see is the new faces, what, people what, that are fast, people that are skilled. Yeah, Crosby was there, too. I th- Think of how rare Horvat's jersey is for the fact that it has the Western Conference logo, but it's got the Oilers patch on the jersey. Uh, Islanders. Islanders, yeah. Nah, that's what I mean. Yeah, Islanders, gosh. <laughs> you knew what I meant. It, it's one of those. It's been one of those. It's been a weekend. I, I've done that is fair. <laughs> 20 hours of driving and 72 hours with a wedding in the middle Oof. of it. I'm tired. Um, but the thing was like, it's a thing how rare that is, but it's just like the way the way the roster, like, plus the guys, name one guy who actually gave a crap at this all star game. The, like, everybody was just having fun, everyone was like, right. you well, could say, was, you could see, Svetch didn't know how much to try, like, he was trying to figure out how point. much to try. Like, like, Somebody I, made like, a... I, like, I understand, like, uh, like, you know, you want to have fun with it, but also be like, okay. Well, they're not giving players incentives. So you see a lot of players that they don't want to try that hard and get made fun of. Or if you try hard and you mess up, then you're going to get made fun of. So they they don't give them any incentive to – like, what what does Fetch get for winning fastest skater? Just, you know, nothing. But, you know, I guess a little bit of respect or, you know, Canes fans are happy. But, you know, for the hardest shot or to win that, you know, golf thing, Nick Suzuki – got you know what is it lifetime chipotle or a year's worth of chipotle and there's not even a chipotle in montreal so yeah but but also the last no sense it's like yeah and then the i remember one year when um the last good all-star game was it was it involved ov and because the winner got a car and like a huge amount of charity to give out so everybody (laughs) was trying because they wanted to give that charity away i mean it was for a good cause and now it's like you don't even see it. I mean, the first 10 minutes of each game was, you know, people kind of half-assing it and not really skating and trying to make sick plays because they don't really care, right? They're not trying to yeah. win. And and you're trying not to get injured. <laughs> yeah, and then right. and then the only like reason that, but it's like... it picks up, yeah. I mean, the only reason it picks up is somebody scores and like, oh, well, then I kind of want to score. And it's like, it's just it's just weird. Yeah, yeah. it's it's. Uh, I like how Matthew Kachuk wins the, wins the MVP, but everyone's like losing their minds because other guys got more points and all this other yep. stuff. But it's like, are right, we going to give it to Matt because he's the Florida representative? It's like, okay, so the all-star MVP doesn't really matter then. And right. also, think about guys. So you, ha- you you pick each team is supposed to have a representative, yeah? So that kind of went out the window this year. See, yeah, see, um, got nobody. Because they, they so got you nobody. get guys being injured. So first of all, then already think of maybe let's have this someone on backup for it. And maybe tell that player in advance, like whoever be like, hey, just in case this guy – gets injured and between now and the all-star you will be the you will be the backup for that don't make plans like just in case a lot of times they said whoever they asked on seattle to fill in was like no like he Vince done it's their vacation time they've already made plans they're not going to be like yo i'm going to fill in for this it's not really going to count for anything and it does i could potentially get injured too that's so bad though so instead they're like let's do another vegas and everyone's like what (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like like Maddie Beneers is a ghost. It's like, all right, well, we're not gonna have anyone from Seattle there. And it's like you could have had so many other guys to pick from, but the fact that they did it so late, none of the guys were like, uh, we all have plans. We're all dipping out. Bye. Like yep. you said, Kat, let have one guy on backup. Like, hey, Brandon Tanev. We're saying oh, you just in case. <laughs> I'm just I'm throwing a name out there, but like, hey, there might uh, be a ghost at the All Star game. We can that's see what that. I'm saying. That's <laughs> what I'm laughing about. Uh, Andre Burkowski, go down there. We need oh, you. Right. Like. 
you know, like they could they could have used anyone, but it's like, nah, we're good. So, but yeah, so Andre was all alone. Andre Sveshikov <laughs> did win the fastest skater with a thirteen point six six nine, beating Kevin Fiala's fourteen point one one four. This is actually the third time a Hurricanes player won the fastest skater competition. And hey, we're three for three in uh, All Star skills stuff. So also we're coming in like I don't think I don't think Aho was like an underdog, but I don't think anyone thought Svech was gonna win fastest skater. Like we, I mean, as Hurricanes fans, we're all like, oh, that's a skater, isn't it? Just I've never seen him skate that fast. No, and no, because he's more of like a bull in a china shop than he is like Speedy (laughs) Gonzalez. But so, but also, Slavin got the shows. accuracy. Slavin got yeah. accuracy his year that he went for Hamilton. And so, like, I don't think they ever think that we are going to do, like, succeed it's, in the way we are. The angels like, the, the quickest way to not have the Hurricanes win back-to-back-to-back accuracy competitions, don't put the guy in the accuracy competition. Throw in the fastest skater and see what happens. And it's like, okay, we'll just go win that, too. <laughs> so let me so let me ask you this. So I said Sveshikov was the second guy ever to win the fastest competition, fastest skater for the Canes, which is their third total as a team. Who's the I I'm hoping none of you saw this. Who's the other who's the other hurricane that won fastest skater? Did you tweet about it? Is that why you said my guess, I, w- I would like a no, hint well, to ask well, which I era tweeted for... it and Waltz tweeted it. But, Can but I... my guess is Can Jeff Skinner. Choose? Jeff Skinner, Colin? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Bailey, who's your guess? I feel like I need some... some. I don't remember who went to All-Star things. I think like years he was with the Canes. Uh, okay, well, I'll tell you the years that he won the competition. I can give you yeah. that much. Cool. 2000, 2002. Oh, it wasn't Skinner. <laughs> he was <laughs> in juniors. Or, no, he was in probably Pee Wee. I'm out. Uh, now now, now you're going to throw a guess from those years, Bailey, just... No, no guess. No. Kat, <laughs> who's your guess? I don't know. None of you are gonna make a guess. Oh, I, I, Colin did, but after I told him the years, he's like, "Whoops." <laughs> I'd like to look at the roster, though. Can you give us a multiple that's, choice? That's cheating. That's that Can you give us a multiple choice? No, at this point, just tell us. Yeah. <laughs> it was Sammy Kapanen. Ah, uh, yeah. Yep, Sammy Kapanen won in two thousand and two thousand two. Wow! Yeah, the only other only other hurricane, and he won it. And he's like one of a few guys. I think he's like one of like three guys that won it twice, and he was fast too. Yeah, actually, I need to look up just like his son. Up. Yeah, I actually want to look up Waltz because he actually did tweet it out. I want to see if I can actually find it in time. It was my goodness, tweets for days. Yeah, uh, one of six guys to win it multiple times. Sorry. So yeah, so he did do it. Um, for Sammy Kaepernick. You'd love to see it. So, But, yeah, Svech won. Fantastic. Metro won and done in the uh, All-Star game. Rod's like, forget this. Bye. I'm out of here, which I don't blame him. Like, Dude got there at the last possible minute and left as soon as he could. <laughs> yeah, he just Irish goodbye to everyone. He's like, bye. I'm out of here. He's like, forget well, this. Well, yeah. And, I mean, it was, also, it was actually kind of nice, though, to see he went down to Texas to go coach yeah. his kids' hockey teams. And yeah, I mean... It, that, it, that was kind of cute. Because it means though, more. Yeah, if there's I mean, more incentive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can you, like, can you blame Roddy, though? He wants to be with his kids, and it's like, it's hockey. It's for yeah. Brenda Moore. Like, that guy's always in a gym. Do you really think he wanted to be in a rink during the break? Dude literally stressed at the end of the speech. 
during our game against Buffalo. Y'all are going on vacation. Your hotels have gyms. Go hit it. So. Tavo. Yeah. yeah, someone said Tavo. <laughs> not, it's, that's not aimed at Burns. You know Burns is going. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. Tavo. All right, so going into uh, our next thing. So LTIR. So it's been official. The Hurricanes have moved Max Patch already to the LTIR. No one's really surprised by this. Blah, 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 blah. It was going to happen anyway. You know, still praying for Max. Hopefully everything's going okay with his recovery again and stuff like that. So Cap Friendly tweeted this out 23 hours ago. Thank you, Cap Friendly. Um, so they did move his additional $7 million over to LTIR, which gives the Hurricanes – $10.1 million in usable cap space. I quote tweeted as a joke, and I said, as they say, don't spend it all in one place, which... Spend it all. Spend it all. <laughs> so here's, and here's, my, and here's my thing with it, too. It's like the Hurricanes aren't going to spend all their money because it's the it's, Hurricanes. I'm done not, Don Waddell, yeah. Yeah, Don Waddell and, and the... And, company doing their thing and you know the front office isn't going to spend all that money and i don't think they're going to make a big splash so a lot of people like try and put out trade ideas and stuff like that we've seen bull horvat was part of it at one point i think uh and looking at that deal you know that Oh, we, were, we were never really all in on that. If we knew what that was, there's no way we were ever on like, that. Like, 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 the, like, the, like the package that went back wasn't too bad, but the eight by eight and a half, there's no way the Hurricanes are giving up that much money, please. Like, we have four guys signed after next season in Burns, KK, Svetch, and Piotr, but there's no way they're going to give eight, eight, eight and a half when they expect me. You got Slavin to resign, Pesci to resign, Aho to resign. Well, if you think about it, like we weren't going to sign Trocek for that long expensive deal that he wanted. There's no way we're going to sign someone like that without, like, no. And he's up there in age. By the time that contract's done, he's going to be in his mid mid to late 30s for Borhorvat. So I've seen, like, Kuzmenko's name come up. Of course, Vancouver extends Kuzmenko. I've seen people go for Timo Meyer, which wouldn't be a bad. That's the deal. popular option right now. Yeah. It's the popular option, but we got we got to get a sign and trade somewhere in there because there's no way the Hurricanes are going to give up assets for a rental. Because Dom, because Waddell said it last year, he said it the year before, and he's also said it this year. The Hurricanes are not a rental team. If they're going to get someone, it's going to be long term. Now Max Domi was a. Domi was a rental, but we didn't really give up anything for that. We gave up two prospects who were never really going to see the show. And the fact we're, that... You know, yeah, we're not a blockbuster team. We don't do rentals. Mm-mm. No. I'm well, sorry. Like, Bailey, do you know what well, a blockbuster is? Well, the key, the key to <laughs> I that is... When I was little, Kat. You leave me alone. <laughs> the key is, is we're not going to sacrifice our future for somebody who's going to be a one and done. So... No. Something like that's not the case way. That's not the way of doing trades. No. So something like Timo Meyer is if we if we have to get somebody. I mean, if we go after Timo Meyer, I think he's the only type of blockbuster we would go after. I don't think Dylan Larkin is available. Um, No. I I think that if we were to get him, but I don't see Larkin. There's no the the price. I don't think Detroit has changed. I don't think they're trading him unless somebody gives up the farm, and that's not the Canes' way. Um, no, going back like to a, that's a first rounder going back, and if, no if yeah, if not a lot there. more, yeah, yeah. So. I mean, the thing with Meyer is, is you would have to give up a first round pick, you know, an eight chip prospect or two B chip prospects. Which, um, one thing I wanted to say going back to the uh, 
the deadline or I'm sorry, the defensive depth. Uh, one guy we have in the system, Scott Morrow, this yeah. guy is special, right? This So after his collegiate year ends, he is eligible to play for the Canes. So down the stretch, if we don't make a move, you know, I'm sure Waddell and company are watching him in college, seeing if he's ready to make the jump. We could have eight NHL defensemen, including him. I oh, kind of yeah, worry sure. if we go after Meyer that he's going to be the name in question because we know we're not giving up a roster player. We know we're not giving up Jarvis for Meyer. I'm not saying it would be a backwards move, but that's just not the Kane style. If we did get Meyer, it would have to come with an extension and Meyer would have to agree to take less to play on an elite team, to play for an elite coach mm. and to play in this organization, which in my opinion would be around 8 million. It's yeah. unlikely, but it's that that's the only blockbuster I see the Canes making, which like I said, there's a lot of moving pieces. That's why it's unlikely. I, yeah, yeah, it's more likely than Larkin though. I don't think, I, I, I don't yeah, think Larkin's I, going anywhere. No, no way. I think I think Meyer right now is I think he's making five one I believe. Mm-hmm. I think he's making like five point one right now. He's a guy who's capable of making. I would say most his camp is asking for nine mil starting price, which means that you can probably get him down to eight if he, like I said, if he if he takes at, a discount. At that point, then I would say no. I I would like Timo Meyer, but I'm not giving him anywhere north of eight. For I would also I would just too, be so much. nervous that's, about that's a long like a deal like that. Like I know he's a good player. Like it's not saying he's not a good player, but like again, he's not coming in. You're not knowing how he fits in our system. Like good players yeah. cannot fit in our system. Like so, well, like, like Waddell's spec, done a good like, job of that. Yeah, he's done a good job of scouting that. That's yeah, true. No, that's true. What's what's Svech, though? It made sense because you know what he can do. That's a good contract. With KK, it's eight years, but it's like 4.6, 4.5. That's not a bad deal. But to go out and, like, Timo Meyer's good, but it's like, to what extent are you going to use him for, what, first line, possible second line, and then what, throw Nietzsche's? The only way Meyer would work on the top six, if you throw Nietzsche's at 2C, move KK down, and throw Meyer as the second right wing. That's the only thing that makes sense. Right. And like, but you want to dump eight million, nine million, possibly, into a guy like Timo Meyer, and you guys see where he's at. When how like how long is that contract? The Hurricanes aren't going to be just dropping eight year contracts to every single guy that they want to bring in. So I just, like I said, I would like to go get someone and use some of that ten million cap space, but I don't really see. What Colin, like you said, and I've said it, and everyone else has said it who's actually listens to what Don says. This Hurricane team is not going to go out and blockbuster trade for someone and go get someone for uh, a rental season. It's going to be a sign of focused to risk anything for something that they want to be good for the next 10, 15 years. And why do you want to go all in when you already have winning hands? Like, you like, why don't you add a few pieces instead of? pushing all of your future pieces out of the way just for right we're not an all-in team like other teams in the nhl are all in yeah and the thing the thing people bring up too it's like well you want to get guys now to take it the next step and go win i understand that i do and i want that to happen but the thing is the hurricanes aren't going to blow up the farm to go do that because you look at you look at every other team's farm system the islanders the islanders have nobody in bridgeport the Bridgeport Islanders are not going. They're not. They're not going to have anyone good to bring up in the future. The thing, like, there's a lot of teams who don't have. They have no money system. for a future. Like, the, they have three million in cap, and they got to figure out how, what to do with Sorokin. Like, they have one guy under a million dollars. That's how bad it is over there. But the thing is, is like the they're Hurricanes, also very old. They're a very old team, but like with the Hurricanes, like 
and that's a good thing with how they do it is the fact that, that this team is built for now and in the future. And that's when you look at guys like Maxime Lajoie who's still down there, Jack Drury who's down there. You're looking at Alexander Passion who's with the Wolves. You look at the you look at the goaltending too. Even the like Sachenko is supposed to be really good for the for the Wolves at some point. He's backing up Piotr. Like, and that's a, like like what and Colin said with Mora. Was- like we we got guys, but it's just the thing is, it's like. I understand you want to get better, but you're not going to give a roster player for that to happen you saw with, that. With, with draft picks. The Hurricanes are not a team that's like are going to go and just start throwing draft picks away. But uh, also that I think it may or may not work. It's, like, it's, it's not their thing. It speaks a lot for us too, because if you look at like, you're like, well, you need to go out like this is your time. This is how you're going. But if you look at like other teams, again, when they, when guys retire, they go to other teams or they have to pull up guys from their like lower leagues. Canes have always done really well with that because we value where like we see far into the future and we're <laughs> sorry, I saw turbo. <laughs> You're fine. So I think going back to what Zach was saying about the future, right? Look how young our top six is. Our our top six has got to be the youngest, most successful in the league. You've got Jarvis at 20, you've got Aho at what, what is it, 24, 25 now? Teravine uh, is probably so Seth is 21 now. Seth just turned 21. That's right. He turned 21. Aho legally drink. Is, what he was drafted in 2015, so he's probably 25 now. <laughs> yeah, Tavo like, like, is our Svech oldest is like guy in our top six. Svech is young, is KK's young, Natchez is young. That's what I'm saying. We've got the youngest top six in the league, and we're, we're second, the- we're second in the league. I saw I, I saw mean, someone's tweet about or like it was one of those graphics where it was like who's the youngest teams or whatever. And at first I was like, why aren't we on that? Like it didn't show us. And then I was like, oh, we have Stahl, we have Burns, like I took and Freddie, both of our goaltenders. Like I was like, oh. But then I thought about it and I was like, but we still have such a strong young core. Like we have a few veteran pieces, but that makes them successful because all yeah, the teams, I'll be honest, all the teams that were like the new young teams. They're good, but they also are lacking a little bit of that. Hey, we've been here before, guys. Right, and, and like I said too, like that's why you look at why you're not going to trade the core right now of the, of our young guys and the guys we have in the system. Because why would you want to give that up when you have a really solid team of young guys who are playing really well already at this stage? And like, why would you want to give that up? And that's the thing that's like. That's why this team is built for now and in the future because the fact that you have a nice mix of the veterans, but you have a lot of younger guys who are playing really well, and you get guys in the system who's going to jump up at some point too. That's why the team. That's why also the team doesn't want to blow up the ten million dollars in the cap because we have a lot of guys to resign after next season. I've been, I don't know how many episodes we've been saying this. You have four guys after next season long term, and Burns has after next year one year left on his contract because right now he's in his. First of three that's left over. After next season, he's down to one. Then after that, you really only have him and like three other guys. So you got to figure out what you're going to do with Slavin, Pesci, Tavo, Aho. You got to resign Martin Nietzsche now. And yeah, because Martin Nietzsche is on his first of his two year contract. You gotta get he's going to command something. And if you and think about, command. if you think about Jarvis what we've at some point done, too, you got you to extend Jarvis. If you think about what we've done the past couple of seasons, like those guys have all stayed our consistent guys when we've rotated guys in and out it's been some older guys that were like we can rotate you around because we can bring in your veteran presence but then we're also good to find someone else with a veteran presence like you know stalls been our consistent but like we've been more willing to move around our veteran pieces and bring in some of that than our our young core because we're like no you're gonna stay consistent 
We've been playing musical chairs with our first line right D since, you know, before Dougie, right? We went from Dougie to D'Angelo to Burns. Oh, yeah. All playing the exact same role. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing with, like, all the like all the guys we brought in, like, Kasha, 1.5, 1.5. Like, we've brought in a lot of guys who are under $2 million for veteran presence. Like, Foss, we got to get Foster signed at some point. I would say bring Martinuk back. Martinuk's been really solid for us for a long time. Then depends on what's going to happen with Jordo. Extend Jordo. It's like that's the thing with like all these guys. It's like you're going to need all the money you can get to, to keep guys long term. That's why I don't see the Hurricanes going and dropping nine million on Timo Meyer for however long that's going to be because I just don't really see them doing that because they're not. We're going to give every single dude a massive contract. That's why Sveshnikov has got the biggest contract right now on the team because we know we got him locked up long term. But then, like I said, we're going to do with Aho, Tavo, Jarvis, Nietzsche. KK's got a good extension of a long-term deal that's only four and a half. So it's like you have a whole team to still figure out. That's why with the trade deadline and the LTIR space, it's good to have. But I don't see it really getting used to what people think it's going to be. With like, oh, let's go get Dylan Larkin. Oh, let's go get Patrick Kane. First of all, he's got to, he's got to wave his claws to get traded. Then what? You're that's an interesting get, name too. I mean, that's not that weird. Burns already waved it, so it's not weird to think it's guys would weird, wave it for us. But also, you got. You're, but then you gotta get the you gotta get the Hawks to take half. You have to retain half of that, so you're getting for five and a half, like five. five also, five, the Hawks five. are gonna want a lot from us because they need to rebuild. Like they need well, help. I'm so. really curious on the asking price for Patrick Kane. Oh, What'd you say? Oh, it's gonna be, oh, it's gonna be dumb. I'm I'm curious. I mean, if. To me, yeah, I mean, it's really tough. You know, this is Myers, but I mean, Meyer had a good year last year, had a good year this year. So I wonder if the only leverage Meyer has is his age and that it would come with an extension. Patrick Kane is interesting. He hasn't had a great year this year, but the Hawks have been really bad. But he, he's got to be the most proven playoff guy on the market. I mean, I know it's been five, been eight years since they've won the Cup in 2015, but yep. that's a very interesting – I mean – Let's talk about the biggest Kane's weakness is the power play. And losing Pacioretty is a huge dagger in Waddell's plans because he was not going to have to make a move. And Pacioretty was going to come back after he healed and he was going to be a top six guy who put the puck in the net and fixed the, help fix the power play. Now he's hurt and our power play is below league average. And we know how much that costs us in the playoffs usually. So that is the number one question, in my opinion, when addressing the team is the power play. You know, what, you know what I would love to get, and I know it's probably not going to happen? Let's go get Kevin Fiala from the Kings. Ooh, I wouldn't be upset with that. That's interesting. Just have, that, just, just have well, Smetch just DM him and say, deal. hey, do you want a rematch? Come to the team. <laughs> I, uh, or another, guy, another guy I would love to look at, Erickson Eck from Minnesota. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't see. I don't see them giving him up because he's like I, a. I know. I'm just, I'm just saying. If we're, if we're gonna, if we're gonna, like, but he I would fit perfectly in man. the system. He would because he's like a. He's like a stall. He's like a young stall. Erickson Eck is. He's a beast on the puck. He centers two skilled guys. He sits in front of the net. He wins faceoffs. He's their defensive guy. I could see him being a Selkie finalist in in the next ten years. He is a. He's a horse. That's what I'm that's what I'm saying. How would you how would you not let have Erickson Eck on your roster? Like you said, move Jordo down to the fourth, keep KK as your second, and then you slide in Kevin you slide in Erickson Eck on your third. We have Thor three Jordan Stall centers. 
<laughs> yeah. See, hey, just get elite wingers. We're good to go. Look at all the look at all the great wingers we've got. I mean, and then everyone's gonna be like, our sitters aren't scoring. <laughs> well, I don't know if you if you guys oh have heard gosh. of Jay Fresh. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Or his, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he does a lot of stats and stuff. So one thing that was interesting is he was doing stats for like all the teams, and they do war is WAR is one of the stats that he does wins yeah. over replacement. And one thing that was interesting was all of our centers were at like eighty percent or higher. I think Stasny was the lowest one, given he plays a little bit of fourth line. But Aho, I think, was right around seventy-five to eighty. Stall was at like ninety-six, and KK was at ninety-five. Or Stall yeah. may have been at a hundred. So it's like. You know, we well, know Kane's our, our center, Kane's center, center is defensive hockey first. Yes. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Having Erickson Eck wouldn't be a bad choice. Kevin Fiala wouldn't be a bad choice. It's like, I would like guys who are like guys who people wouldn't think of, but would actually be a fantastic fit with these hurricanes. And those two for me would be slam dunk. Great picks. And the contracts wouldn't be stupid either. It would actually make sense for this team, mm-hmm. but I'm not done with Dell. I don't know what's going to happen. I hope it's not another like Max Domi situation. I guess we'll see. But I just, the thing is, I just don't see the Hurricanes blowing up the future for a rental. I don't see them throwing a bunch of money at a guy who might fit in. Because the Hurricanes, the Hurricanes are very, they're very fit our system first type team. Yeah. Like, that's what they mostly, that's what they really care about is are you going to fit in our system? I think that's why they, that's what they go. They don't go for the big name, big splash guy. Like the Islanders going in Bo Horvat for whatever reason. They're going to go get someone who's like, all right, you're going to fit with us because we know your style. Well, and that's, you, oh, I was going to say, sorry. I mean, I saw, so Elliot Freeman, in my opinion, he's like the, he's the biggest reporter for hockey to me. Yep. And he linked, he linked the Canes to Meyer because they saw him as a long-term fit for their system because of age and that. But what is interesting, I'm, I like Meyer. I'm for it. If it's for the right price and it's under, it's around seven and a half to eight mil, which I think it's unlikely, but I'm for it if it's for that. But the one thing that's interesting to me is the center situation is how much confidence do they have? Because if you get, if you get Timo Meyer, you've got five wingers to play in the top six. You only have four spots, you're right? So you've got your Tavo, your Jarvis, your Svetch, and your Natchez. The only way I would want Meyer or another winger in the top six is if Natchez could slide to center. But that's that the, we that's don't think that's going to work. That's, that's and we don't work. Right. Agreed. And we don't know. I mean, we don't. I would like to, you know, ask Brenda Moore, you know, how likely is it do we see Natchez move to center? And well, I think yeah, that's a huge question going forward. Didn't for we team. have in a recent game, we actually put Turbo in center at one point, right? Was it the Kings? He used to play center when he was in juniors, too. But, like, bit, but, but the yeah. fact that we moved Turbo to center for a little bit and we tried saw whatever that well, was during the game well, before we moved Natchez. So I'm like, like I don't. Here, well, because here's the thing, because I know I know Nietzsche has he's a natural center because that's what he did until he got to Carolina. Yeah. But I think for the fact that he's been playing so well this year as the winger, yeah. I don't think Rod – wants to swap him out of a spot that he's already doing so well and don't want to really have to make him play out of a system mentality that he's already been doing all season. And I agree with that. Don't Don't change it. Yeah. If it's not broken, don't fix it. Don't mess with the guy's mojo by throwing him in the center. Nice to do all the center stuff and then try to figure out how to like his positioning, all this other stuff. I wouldn't want to mess with that in the middle of our career season, a career year for a guy. Yeah. So that's why you. That's why people are like put him at center. Put him at center. No, you can't put him at center right now because he's playing too well on the wing. 
you don't want to mess with a guy's flow. And that's why I don't think it's really going to happen. And that's, if you do see Nietzsche go to the center, that's an off-season move. Right, Not, next year or something. Well, yeah. that's why also the trade thing is really crazy because you're like, you do, you know, it'd be nice to get a guy to help, the guy that can help us and all this. But again, you always want to be like, where are you going to put him? Because there are yeah. guys you don't want to move around and the spaces that we have are not going to be where that guy would normally play. So, so when Patrick came back, right, he played on the top line with Jarvis and Ajo. And Tavo was fourth line. which But so Tavo, but Tavo wasn't playing as well then and hadn't right. started connecting with Ajo again. Right. So that's I would point. think, I would think, if someone was to disrupt that line for some reason, I would think they might move Jarvis because I would think Tavo, if he's still on this good connection he has with Ajo again, that they would give him, and also like seniority, like Jarvis has the flexibility of you can bump him down a little bit. Um, yeah. But again, you don't want to, but I mean, I would think that would be the guy that would probably get moved around, just like KK kind of is. Like it's the young guys that you got to see, okay, could they fit other places in the lineup? Right. Well, and I think putting, and I'm not for, I mean, you know, just hypothetically, right, if we get a top six forward that, to help the power play, um, you know, you move somebody down, you move them to the fourth line. But, I mean, I'm not really against, you know, I know I may get slammed for this, but breaking up the stall line. Right? I think stall and Flash should stay together. But And Martinuk's been great too. But, I mean, he's going to bring the energy on the fourth line too. If you have a chance to put Jarvis on that third line and create some, you know, more consistent scoring, I know Stahl's line is dominant possession-wise. They're going to keep you in the offensive zone. They may give you a point a game. I mean, but if you could put Jarvis on that third line to play that same game and move Martinuk down, and you get another guy in your top six to replace Pacioretty. I mean, it's just they've got options. They've got a ton of options. That could be interesting. I don't see Jarvis Hemming being like a Hemming player like the other two, but if they do that and then are able to get him a puck and he is at the net ready, yeah, it could be an option. Yeah, because here, like, a, I, w- I want to go back to this guy real quick because we talked to him for a little bit. Eric Sinek is only 26, shoots left. <laughs> The thing is that, like, this season, he has 18 goals and 22 assists for 40 points. He's got 40 points in 48 games. He's projected for 31 goals, 38 assists for 69 points in the 82-game season. So, like, that's already better than his year last year. We got 26 goals, 23 assists for 49 points. And was it the 2021 season? He had 19 goals, 11 assists for 30. The thing is, even in the playoffs, like last year, he got five points in six games. So like, is he, Eric he's, on the, nope. he's on the wild? He's on the wild. That's why I'm not sure because I don't – they're in a playoff spot. Yeah, so. I don't think they'd give him up, though, because he's there I don't in a think they spot. would be selling. No, well – Is the only thing. I, I, well, like it's a, unless, unless they really think that they're going to get a deal out of it, I don't really see it. But I'm just saying it wouldn't be a bad thing, though, either, because he's actually – he just signed – he just signed an eight-year, $42 million contract last season, so he's actually locked up until the 28-29 season where in the 24-25 year, he's actually got a full no-movement clause. But his but his cap hit per year is only $5.25 million That's a steal for him. I just don't think they're going to want to move that. Mm-mm. No, I, don't I think they see him long-term. No, I don't think they're going to want to trade anyone this. I don't think they're going to really want to trade away any of their big stars because they are in a playoff spot and because they have flurry and you want to use your 
Oh yeah, no, they, fully they, they as much say, as you can. Like saying, have him. That's what I'm saying. Like he he would he would be a great addition. Like I said, that cap hit's not bad either. But yeah, I don't really see. The, I don't see the Wild moving it. I don't think the Wild trust us anymore for the fact of how that uh, Nina Nita writer for Victor Rask deal went. I don't think Minnesota kind of trusts us with trying to make some trades. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting. There's a lot of options. Like I said, Timo Meyer's been the big name everyone's been talking about. Dylan Larkin most recently has been. He came up. Kuzmenko would be nice. I I even saw someone put out um, Travis Kidnecki from the Flyers. That's interesting. Oh, I like that TK. One, that, that, that be he should have been an All Star. Yeah, over Kevin that Hayes. Would, I think that wouldn't be a bad option. And I don't think the trade would be that bad either. I actually, I kind of want to go like a cap friendly real quick just to see what. He's young there. too. Yeah, he's a very fast see, turbo. Now. I want to see where Kidnecki is for the Flyers because he wouldn't <laughs> be a bad he wouldn't be a bad option either because right now. Oh, if my internet actually wants to do something. Well, while Zach looks that up, for anyone that's watching us on YouTube and can see, if you've seen, we've had a little guest on Colin's screen. Turbo. Colin, do you want to introduce him? Yeah, sure. <laughs> He's He was named after Tara Vinen, you know, just because I wanted to pick a hockey Really? Name. Never would have guessed. <laughs> yeah, so his name is Turbo, and he thought? fully... He fully lives up to the name Turbo. He is like super wild. Like oh. he's not wild, but he's just is always active, like suit all the time, wants to play. So he he fully lives up to his name, and he's a huge the name. Caniac. The name Trent of Tracy certified. Huge he's a caniac. little more. He's a little more so. <laughs> he's a little more social than Tara Vinen. <laughs> yeah, he's very social. He's very social. All right, so. So Travis Konechny is a he is a winger. He does play right and left wing. Um, 25 years old. He's actually locked up till he's a UFA in the 25-26 season. Um, he does make five and a half million per, but he is 25. But he does play on the wing. But honestly, that wouldn't that wouldn't be a bad option either. Ooh. But that goes back into what do you do with the roster and stuff like that. So I, oh, it's tough. Like if you're gonna go trade someone, if he's gonna be a winger, how where is he gonna fit? That's right. gonna be the only. That's the only thing I have a question about. And then, I don't know. Even and I then, think the biggest thing too is like as fans, we like to speculate. And you know, there's there's some that seem like perfect fits, but it's like you know, we know what Waddell and um, Eric Tolsky is. They're very very picky about who they bring in this team. And not bad. only not only just like I mean, system is a huge part about it. But we've seen like with at least the last two years is how are these how are these players as people we hear we hear you know brenda moore and trip tracy talk about these people like you bring in brent burns i mean he fills the need of your you know your right first line right d and my can you guys hear me yeah yeah okay, my headphones died um i mean but but as a person brent burns you couldn't ask for you couldn't ask for a better person right so yeah it's just you know, they, they want to look at all those types of things, you know, how they hear, you know, what type of character, you know, personality, all that stuff. I mean, I, obviously, as soon as Brendan Moore took over, I'm not going to say some of the names that we shipped out, but you can tell there was a culture change more than just on the ice. No, it definitely wasn't. That's why you see four straight playoff appearances, four straight making it past the first round, back-to-back -to -back division titles, Jack Adams Award, a whole bunch of different things. So, yeah, I definitely see – and, like, you bring up Tolsky. When, you, when we talk to Walt Ruff – Walt has said Tolsky's really the main guy who does most of the moves. 
and they ask Waddell and see what he thinks. Waddell's more of like the figurehead of being the GM, but it's Tolski and his crew of scouts that go out and go find the players that that work for the Hurricanes. So yeah, I definitely see. I trust them to find the right guy. Like I said, connecting would be a great pick if that was, if that was the thing. So it just it really depends on. Like I said, how are they going to make it a fit? What's the term? What's the – I mean, like I said, they get, get, get connected. He's locked up for two more seasons after this year, five and a half. Not really a bad choice, possible extension, because he's only 25. It's just how I feel like what Colin said, too, is I would agree, like, most of our – what we get is we look at a lot of – Character guys. Character also, and culture. And, yeah. and I would say most Kings fans agree to that. I know there's – one name in particular that they'll say we didn't maybe look so much at that, but it was, it was also like a different argument there. Whereas we thought our culture and our character might influence someone for the better. Yeah. Um, but I would say good, just talking. Yeah. Um, I mean, it didn't get worse. Um, but like you could see like with, they talk about, you talk about Burns, how we keep mentioning how he took Jarvis. Like he's the newer guy than Jarvis technically, but he took Jarvis under his wing. Like, he is the mentor towards Jarvis. Yeah, and and like, he immediately, he goes, Burns goes to church with Slavin and um, Stahl. Like, they immediately were like, we're going to be the leadership core. And I love that he just fits so dynamically into the group. And he yeah. invited them all to eat dinner with, like, at his house. Like Yeah, like, like home-cooked meals at his place. And Jarvis is like, yeah, I go and get, like, homemade dinners. Like, home-cooked meals at his place. He's like, Turbo won't even invite me to his sauna. But Brent Burns, yes, dinner invite immediately. That's friends now. That's I mean, who that's saw that I'm, coming? I, uh, I, 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 and I said this ever since we got Burns. I love that. I love that pickup of getting Burns because he is the dude. He is a pro's pro. But he's such a good dude that like how can you, like how how can you not get excited to be around him? Like you saw how they all mobbed him when he did his thirteen hundredth game and they won and they storm surged after him. Like that just shows how great of a guy he is and the fact that we got him for two more seasons after this. Now Goody's been too being our he's our top scoring defenseman. That's why I'm just so glad we got him. And that's why I he, think that's why I trust this team. I so hate that I was as critical as I was of him during the offseason. Yeah, he, Bailey. He, yeah, he gives me her? such he gives me such stall and RBA leadership vibes, but yeah. with the outgoingness of like a Martin. Like and like but like the veterancy of the other. It's he's such a good fit. And yeah. I I know I wasn't ever critical of him. I'm just every time we get a new guy, I never go all in until I see how they fit again with our culture. The, the thing is like I've watched Burns play for so long now. I know his game. When when, it's, when I saw Brent Burns as part of the deal, I'm like, that is a solid guy to get on your first D pair and in your power play. He fills so many roles, and the fact that he can do it too. Yeah, he's had down years, but the Sharks didn't use him. They didn't use him right, especially after being Carlson. So the one thing I will like say, solid pickup. The one thing I will say is both of the guys that I doubted during the off season are having one of the best seasons of their careers. Who's the other one? Natchez. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. They dealt Natchez too. Yeah. 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 I mean, everyone, I thought... you you had to go in a little nervous that he was going to stay the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I not not, not everyone I, was. It was nervous. it was. <laughs> shut up. Anyway, <laughs> it was it Girls was two for two. You mention it every time. Shh. 
I know <laughs> we but what I was saying about burn I would say probably my again I'm always nervous of guys we bring in just because I want to see how they fit and again there wasn't the doubt of too much of burns as is Slavin has had so many partners and they're all like who's gonna fit and so even if burns you know he's a great player but where was he gonna be able to fit with Slavin I think that's where more of mine came from because like we've had semi fits but we haven't had one that's I think as strong as him and Burns. The nice thing too is though with the fact of getting Burns, that those are gonna be those two the two guys for the next three seasons. That's the really nice thing. Is the fact Slavin can finally take a breath. They can they can it's funny, it I would think they would grow to be they'll grow to be more like Shay and Pesci where they have that immediate chemistry or get to where Slavin and Pesci were at one point. Yeah, no, it's it's a great combo to have for sure. So, moving on to our most interesting topic, because we've had a lot of interesting takes as of... We've only done a couple of these, but it's, it's definitely going to be something that's going to be interesting moving forward with our ice-melting takes. So, once again, our... <laughs> Colin with the big eye ahead. <laughs> That was crazy. You should have brought it up when I said he's your favorite it's, player. It was a it was a present from my mom because Ajo is also her favorite player. I have the big Ajo fathead, so she likes to take him to the games. And we actually sat on the ice against Buffalo, the hat trick year last year. And um, she swears that during warmups, that Ajo saw that face, and <laughs> of course, he scored a hat trick. Saw his own face the- staring back at him. There you go. So, going to the ice melting takes. Oh, yes. Cat, please give us our ice melting take of the episode. Okay. <sighs> okay. We are doing really well. Like, the boys are playing so well. We had that, you know, scare against the Kings, but then they come back and dominated. I would like. We this is, this is the month so after the Buffalo game. This is more so after the Buffalo game. That's where this take comes. The from. month of de- the month of November. All right, that was the dark time of this season. All right, we never do well in November. No, no. but we had we were. It was fair to be critical of them, extra critical. That we talked about the Arizona. We that we had plenty of stuff to be very critical of this team. But the way they are playing right now. And the way that they are working together, I would say my immediate thing, even with the King, I would say Che had one of the worst games that he's had in a long time. I got that. I said that right off the bat. But that didn't take away from me celebrating how well they have been playing and how well they've been doing. And I, my ice melting take is that I think Kane's fans as a general, you can be, you can give some like, Hey, critique, like we can do this better, or maybe we still need to work on this, but like celebrate it when we're doing well. I feel like I've seen a lot of people still be very critical. Like even when that was going on and we came back from that, we were still like, Oh, well, so-and-so did this badly or like this was their fault. I don't, yeah. It was like the whole team had a breakdown, but then afterwards mention it, move on and be like, wow, can you believe that when like celebrate it while it's good because problems, they're going to have breakdowns at other times where you can be more critical. I think we need to soak in the wins and the good times with this team 
because that's what it is to be a fan. Like, enjoy it. Don't keep being critical and super like negative about things when you when that's not the time to be. It's the time to enjoy what's good about hockey. What's great about this team is how we have these come from behind wins. You can see how great the the guys are forgetting their mistakes. You can see they come back from the win and that overtime game winner from Aho, the joy on Natchez and Svech and Aho and Burns' face, like. Their mistakes are, yeah, they were probably critical in that moment of themselves, but then they moved on. I think we should do that as fans as well. Like, be like, yeah, someone's okay could have done better. I'd be like, yeah, Shake should have played better. But, wow, did you see that overtime win from us? Like, that's great. So that's my melting take is I think we should dwell a little bit on what's good because we can always dwell on what was bad. Yes, that's it. No. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. There's always going to people be those people who are going to complain just to complain or nag just to nag. Oh, um, there, there, there's there's this few that we all know on Kane's Twitter that no matter what happens, there's always going to be something negative, and it's like there's a shutout. Empty type mentality. Yeah, like 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 we, like we just shut out this team. Like what's the like what's the problem? It's like yeah, maybe we didn't play our best game ever, but we still got the win. And to your point, Kat, right, we're talking about, you know, we're down 4-1 where people are criticizing the second period and stuff. And as, it, as fans, it's easy to do. But let's compare the team to the best in the league, right? We're second in the league. So we're talking about if a game like that happens a, sec- a second period, there's never going to be a perfect team. There's never going to be a team that goes 82-0 in the season because it's the game of hockey. There's no easy games in this league. You hear Tripp say that. Every team is good. You can lose against every single team. That's why you have to play 60 minutes. And sometimes even your best hockey at 60 minutes isn't good enough. Well, if we don't come back from the, those wins and we lose the, we lose those games, right, we're falling down in the sands, but we're not, right? That's why we're a good team. Those, those, those malfunctions are going to happen. You're going to go down two and three goals. You're going to miss those assignments. You're going to take bad games. You're going to make those mistakes, right? But how do you, how do you evolve from that? What's the second, what's the third, inter, the second intermission message from Rod? It woke the boys up and they dominated in the third period. Right. So, you know, those things are going to happen. And that's what separates a second place team in the league from a 15th place in the league where you come back and you win those games and you get those two points rather than, you know, walking out the door with with a donut. Big, exactly. <laughs> Big fat zero. Yeah. And here's my thing, too. And the, the, this was after the Buffalo game. Like we just absolutely dominated Buffalo, beat them five one. Like had no issues with them going into the all-star like you just won your seventh game in a row get your 10th like game in a point streak like this team's absolutely flying and i like how the fact that i saw it a tweet and i don't want to repeat the person's name because there's some people are it's just the fact that they called that a gassed gutty win like the team looked gassed it was a gutsy win like how do you get a gutsy win and the team looks gassed and you just beat them five one like like yeah, it was three nothing after the first period, and yeah, maybe they. It's almost more of an insult to Buffalo. <laughs> well, we were on a back to back. They give up. They give up one. They give up one goal in the second period, but they still won five to one. And you're acting like, oh, this team was gassed. They kind of let up after the first period. <laughs> okay, they won. They won five one. They were up three nothing after the first period. How can you call it a, a gutsy win and the team looked gassed? Okay, yeah. That was like their third game in a span of like what, like what their fourth game in a span of five, because it was a Friday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yep. You have yep. four games and in a span of like five days or something like that, or six days. Like they're gonna be tired, but good grief! 
Yeah, like, and the the Sunday game like against Boston, right? Everybody's given one hundred and ten percent. Then Tuesday, the come from behind one, everybody's given one hundred and ten percent. Then you have to fly to Buffalo and do that. And I think something yeah. that's understated, like a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, we got hemmed in our own zone in the second and third period. Well, a lot of people don't realize when you go up three nothing in the, or let's say you go down three nothing in a game. You have nothing to lose anymore. So you, all your defensemen are going to be pinching. You're going to be jumping in, right? So you're obviously you should hem the other team in there in because you're taking those chances, right? You're going to keep a low forward. You're going to keep defensemen jumping in, and you're going to give up. You know, you're going to you you have nothing to lose, right? You you want offense, so that's going to happen. And we play well with the lead, and we surely did that, and we showed it. Yeah, that that that's the thing that mostly just annoyed me the most is like how can you how how can you call that a gutsy win? And you won five one. I've never seen a game get referenced in that sense after a five one win. Usually it's oh team dominated. They played I, their game. They imposed their will. Nah, the team would But I think mine also I think mine also stemmed from even though we're getting these wins and we read all the stats on our goalies earlier, is that even when we have these wins or these come behind wins, we still find ways to talk about the mistakes our goalies had. And I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, like goalies dwell on their mistakes more than anyone else. Um, it's always like, as I played goalie in soccer, it was always, you had to be reminded, Hey, it had to get through this many people to get yep. to you for you to let this in. Yep. So it was it, honestly, unless it's like we mentioned earlier too, unless it's like Freddie playing baseball, all of a sudden it's not his mistake or whatever goes in on him isn't his fault it's gonna the breakdown starts somewhere else and then it gets to the goalie so i would say most i would say with the especially with that come from behind win is those were defensive breakdowns all of them were defensive breakdowns one he could have maybe saved our ass a little bit more but again i'm not gonna say that's on him because he also was expecting more from his defense in that moment so i I'm just saying, and a lot of it comes from, not everyone is super always serious with it, but a lot of it comes from being like, well, why is Ranta and Freddie gave this up? And we're, meanwhile, we've sent Piotr down or whatever. And it's like, Piotr also gave up things at time to time. So like, you can't be hypercritical of what your goalies are doing when, just like how people are hypercritical sometimes of our defense, when Shea gives up, he's done one of his like out of the play moments and he gives it something it results in a goal or it results in like a breakdown. But then he also like, he's lead, helping lead us in goaling or scoring and shots and all of this stuff. So it's like, yeah, everyone, no one's going to play perfect the whole game. So yes, you can be like, Hey, this happened, but we got to move on and focus. Hey, we're second in the league right now. And technically we beat the first place team. So yeah. I say it's, we're first. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just calm. To, it's like, enjoy the wins just enjoy the wins and stuff happens you can't like colin said you can't go into it no, no team is perfect but it's like we have other think... teams in the league trying to nitpick how well we're doing we don't yeah. need to nitpick ourselves yeah. if that makes sense and here's the thing Front like, office it's... should do that not us. Yeah. <laughs> that's tolsky's job not ours yep. yeah well, we're just here to enjoy it <laughs> and here's the thing too like and people want to complain about you know social media stuff and extra perks and everything else that you know everyone that some people might get is because the fact that the team reads the tweets that's pretty evident how this past this offseason was like 
the team knows who's critical and who is optimistic or who backs the team up. Mm-hmm. So it's like you also have to take into account like how you interact with the admins and how you are on Kane's Twitter it does mean that does show who you are. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you like yeah, I've been critical and we all have. But you've also shown the oh my gosh, this team just did this. This is freaking amazing or congrats to whoever like how you are on, on the internet really speaks to the team. So keep that in mind when you just want to be critical all the time that some people do read your tweets. They and do to, see, what's, see what's going on. And again, critical is different than critiquing because I feel like there can be helpful criticism and be like, hey, we can oh, do yeah, this better. Sure. But just but, complaining yeah. or... Complain to complain is like... Well, like I like can guarantee you that the... Pl- the guy, like, sorry, Mike sorry, sorry. Like, you're good. Like what, like Mike and Dan and all those guys about the Stadium Series jerseys. Like, like, what do you want us to do? Like, a lot, a lot of people were really heavily critical about the jerseys, and some people like, why you're you're playing just to complain? And it's like, why? It's just, but I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> and I was I was just gonna say, like, people that you know, m- you know, get upset with players' lapses or you know, a, a bad goal that should have been saved. I can guarantee you that those players that made the laps are the first ones to acknowledge and realize that mm-hmm. I can guarantee yeah. you that. Like and that. it affects yeah. them more than it affects you. So piling on like that doesn't help anybody. All it is, is people venting and getting it out. And it's not the right way to do it. Nope. No. But I can guarantee you if somebody makes a mistake, they're going to be the first ones. And the team is going to be the first ones to say, Hey man, shake it off. We got your back. We're going to get it back for you. It's the, the culture in Carolina. That's why. That's why you see this team being so well because of it's. I guess from the front office to the coaching staff to the captains to everyone else, it's it's a family mentality. And you see in the videos what Rod does. I mean, heck, he's giving T-shirts out to the guys behind the scenes of all the stuff they do for the team, the doctors, the video coaches. Yeah, the culture in Carolina is really good, and like just embrace the process, embrace the you know, stuff's going to happen because it happens to every team, but you know, it's the hurricanes and they're going to turn around and do their thing. So it's overall, we've just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. Well, we've just seen, I mean, we've seen the meltdowns on the internet when like something goes wrong or when we're in a, in a slump or something like that, there's always going to be those moments. So when we're not in one of those moments, enjoy it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's nice to see positivity and talking about how good we're doing because we are. We're doing really well, so. Sorry, yeah. I laugh because I don't. I don't use. Uh, I don't use Twitter. I'm usually on Reddit, and I just laugh because when we were after we lost against the Arizona, people were talking about Brendan Moore and whether or not he should be on the hot seat, and I just laugh at that because it's just. Oh, it was on Twitter too. We don't need to get to that. We talked about it. Yeah, that's. It was on Twitter too. Yeah. All right, so we are over two hours on the show right now, so we are going to go into our last and fun segment that I know everyone likes to enjoy us doing, and that's our Forgotten Canes with our very loose interpretation of the forgotten part, because obviously these guys aren't forgotten. Um, so hmm, I wonder who we should start off with. Kind of I think Bailey should start. Oh. Ooh. All right. <laughs> we All right, can so, make that happen. All right, so Bailey, who is your Forgotten Hurricane for the episode? So, my forgotten hurricane, I'm going to take my glasses off so nobody can see. No Nobody's tried it before. <laughs> um, You're 
fine, Bailey. What are your glasses? <laughs> no one's gonna make a guess off your glasses. My word. Hey, call or who was it? Yeah, I think it was Colin. The first time he was on, tried to look. So I, I'm not taking any or other Colin. Oh my, Colin. We'll have to. Oh my, Colin. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um. So my guy, <laughs> Colin, <laughs> Zach's favorite fan. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. Fan. Number one fan, Colin. <laughs> So oh, my guy, like me. That's all right. I understand. <laughs> You're just salty. Not really. <laughs> I'll just um, call, call Andrew Rinaldi and bring him on the podcast again. That'll be fun. Hey, let's do it. I love Andrew. So anyway, <laughs> would you guys let me do my freaking guy? Jeez. Um, my guy was a hurricane from 1998 to 2000. Um, he has played for a few different teams throughout the league. So he started his career in Quebec. He was actually drafted by Quebec. Uh, eighth round, first pick. So went for 148th overall. Um, was then, uh, that, I think that was the year Quebec became or moved to Colorado. Um, from Colorado, went to Montreal, then Edmonton, then Philly. And then uh, during that 1998-99 season, he was traded to Carolina. Um, where he played the remaining season, 18 games with us. Um, the following year, 1999 to 2000, uh, he played in 76 games total uh, for 15 goals, 24 assists. Uh, he was a negative 13 on the season, which is a little ouch. Um, hailing from Balakovo, Russia, we have Mr. Andre Kovalenko. Good pick. That's a good pick. Mm-hmm. I try. All right. I was gonna say I was I was looking at the list and I was like, is it Canada? So can or I Russia? look up these stats while you're doing it or no? Yeah. Or is it uh, just I mean, you... no? You you can if you want. <laughs> That's a good pick though. I would have had no idea. My my guy's much easier. All right, go ahead, Colin. You can All do right. yours. All right. So he was he was drafted by the Carolina Hurricanes in 2010. Jeff Skinner draft and he leads all Carolina Hurricanes defensemen in all-time points and goals. Do we know who this is? I can't guess. I already know. <laughs> Zach, you he, played guess? From, he played from the 2011 to the 2019 season. Justin. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. My mic's muted. Jeez. I was just saying, like, the only guy I know who put out that many good points was was Justin Falks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I was gonna, I was gonna do the uh, the fat trick where he did the queso, the um, <laughs> the Bowberry biscuit, and the um, yeah. Oh, what was the other one? Three goals for Papa John's. Yeah. Oh, no. Papa John's. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. Nice. Right, so cool. He also had. I think he is the only Hurricane to have a natural hat trick, and he did that against the Kings. In 2016, I believe 2017, yeah, but yeah, he, yeah, natural hattie for Justin Falk. Yeah, I remember that game, that was a good one, too. Yeah, all right, Kat, who's your forgotten hurricane? Okay, he's six foot one, 183 pounds. <laughs> I he got shoots, it. <laughs> he, shoots, he shoots left and he's a defenseman. Um, he's played for the Canes. Um, 2020-2021 season. Um, he is not currently in the NHL. Um, 
He was selected first by the Senators, and that's the only other NHL team he has played for. Um, he's from Quebec, Canada, and he is currently an all-star. He hasn't played for any other teams other than Carolina and Ottawa? Not any other NHL teams, so. Former senator who was a hurricane, now he's on All-Star, but not with us. Okay, he he didn't – no, he did play for the Senators, yep, for one season. He's currently with us. 2021 season. I should the fact that he's a – the fact that I just said that right now he's an All-Star should give it away. So the only I know. I know one guy is probably if he's listening listening right now is flipping out a little bit that you don't know. I have no idea who Andrew would. Rinaldi would be upset with you. Oh. Oh. Damn, who is this? Who is it? Uh-huh. Max LaJoy. He is tonight. Tonight, all- current all star. Oh God. Tonight, he is in the rapid-fire, accuracy shooting, and breakaway relay for the Chicago Wolves in the All-Star. He is. He is an All-Star. Currently an All-Star. I was thinking NHL All-Star, though. I'm like, what are you talking about? Then you said AH. I'm like, you said Rinaldi. I'm like, oh, no. When you said Rinaldi, I'm like, if you say La Joie, I swear to gosh. Oh, that hurt. Yeah. Yep, yeah. he was. He started as an Ottawa Senator in 2018. Um, in he was a first season. round pick. Nah, does wasn't was he first round? I don't think he was first round. How many how many games did he play for the how many games did he play for the Canes? How many has he played for the Canes? Yeah, how many games? Did he play for the Canes? He's played yeah. at least three this year. Yeah, I think he's played five. Five total. Five total. It counts. Yeah. Hey. Hey, my Martin Furk pick worked. He only played two games for the Canes, but it still kind of counts as a forgotten hurricane. Mm-hmm. Canes legend Martin Furk, who all who actually holds the, I don't know if he still does, but I know he did at one point have like the hardest sh- uh, slap shot in the AHL All Star game. So all right, but Kat. this past yeah, the past August we've signed resigned him to an additional one year contract. Is it is he is he the captain too? Is he captain? Uh, or who is captain? Yes, I, I yes. feel like he's the captain, right? He is. Yeah, Maxime Maxim Lajoie is the he is the uh, captain for the um for the Wolves. All right, so my guy, he had a twenty-one year career. He's played for Edmonton, Pittsburgh, Detroit, the Kings, the Flyers, the Blackhawks, and he also has played for Boston. He was part of the he was part of the Whalers as well, um, for one season, and then got traded to Philadelphia. And then he came back, probably I think it was like a couple years later. So he did come back and play for us. He is from Western Ontario. He was the sixth overall pick for the Edmonton Oilers in the 1980 NHL entry draft. <laughs> I. He played for the night. He played from '98 to 2000 with the Hurricanes. He, when he was with the Hurricanes, in 44 games his first season with us in '98, '99, at age 37, 
44 games, he got two goals oh. for 10 points. And then the 99-2000 season, age 38, 69 games played, 11 goals, 29 assists for 40 points. He has been – there is a certain uh, guy who's talked about how good he is for the Hurricanes and that he is a very good defenseman for the Hurricanes. He also did wear number 77 mm-hmm. when he was here in Carolina. Does anyone want to give well, me I, a guess? On, yes, on I know who yeah. it is. Paul Coffey. Paul Coffey. Oh, yep. there we go. Was the 77, 77 gave it away for me. Yeah. Okay. I, th- I thought so. I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to say the number, but I, I, it's like, ah, uh, I want to see if anyone's actually really paying attention to this guy. The teams that Edmonton, Pittsburgh, and Boston, I didn't realize he played for Ottawa. That's interesting. And I, that's you know, I actually recently a, found out that Ottawa? he played a. I mean, no, I don't he never remember. played for Ottawa. No, it was Edmonton, okay. Pittsburgh, Detroit, Carolina, Detroit, Kings, was it? Philly. Oh. Philly, Chicago, and Boston. And here's the funny part, too, is though, he had seven when he was with the Oilers, and then he had 74 with Boston, but everywhere else was 77. But, yeah, what a, what a, what an interesting list of characters for, for today's Forgotten yeah. Games. Not bad. Not bad. Well, I think we should probably wrap up this episode. It's going on almost two and a half hours. So, Colin, thank you so much for joining us today, man. This was a lot of fun getting you on for your uh, – first appearance of the podcast it was thank you thank you guys so much for having me i enjoyed it yeah good time so i know you're not on twitter but do you have any socials for people to follow you on or is mostly just reddit yeah just reddit and snapchat i don't i don't do social media for that reason that cat was there it's too uh i just (laughs) not a fan not a fan that's fair all right well i guess if you want to talk to colin you're gonna have to catch him at hurricanes game so yeah come say hi If yeah, you're at the if you're at the outdoor game. Yep. Yeah. Or or if you're tailgating on one of the games at some point. So there you go. So Kat, where can people find you on the socials? <laughs> yeah, you can find me on Twitter, of course, at Kaniac Chick uh Chick without the K. Um, and you can also find me on TikTok at KVT Hunter74. Also follow that's also Instagram uh, for the fun little hockey videos. Um, and of course, you can catch me every now and then on the um, Five GSN TikTok as well. Yep, and that's part of yeah. So it's Five GSN for TikTok, and then it's also Five. It's the number Five GSN on YouTube, and then it's also Five in a Game SN on the Twitter. Bailey, where can people find you on the socials? You can find me on Twitter at Bailey Curtis, and that is Bailey with two Y's. Um, Lots of Kane's content going on over there. Um, I've been particularly active uh, lately in the past few days, just dealing with COVID and the craziness she there. She hasn't been able to do anything else. I've been bored out of my mind at home. I have been able to go to work. It's actually a terrible time because there's less hockey on for you to even enjoy. I know. <laughs> well, no, that's, that's when you have time to watch Letter Kenny and Shorzy. There's yeah. your perfect time. And The Last of Us. So, but yeah, uh, lots of hockey content over there. Um, If you are interested in a little bit more of a personal kind of side into my life, (laughs) hair made a weird thing there. Uh, You can find me over on Instagram at Bailey Lynn Curtis. Um, If you are 
obviously watching here, you found our uh, Surge Cast YouTube. Um, but if you are not, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Uh, hit the notification bell as well uh, so you never miss an episode. And be sure to leave a comment down below. Um, we also just recently made an Instagram too, which I thank you for reminded, reminding me of that, Zach. Uh, we just made an Instagram at the Surge Cast. So if you are also on Instagram, while you're going to look me up on there, uh, definitely go and give the Surge Cast a follow as well. Um, last but not least for things on my end, um, it's not hurricanes related, but you, if you are interested in uh, kind of local Colorado uh, sports, I do cover the Colorado Eagles. Um, with field pass hockey. Uh, so if you're interested in some kind of Pacific division division coverage, definitely go give me a follow at FPH Eagles. Yes. So on Twitter. We, this is the longest part of the show almost is the fact we have a lot of things we have to write about <laughs> for the three of us because of this, 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 that, that, and that as well. Um, so yeah, so as Billy said, uh, for the podcast, we are on Instagram now. We got a couple posts. It's not going to be a lot of posting on our end. It's just when our episode drops. So you can kind of give an update like of our graphics and all that good stuff. We do have a link tree on all of our socials. Um, so if you go to our Instagram, go to our Twitter, they'll have link they'll have link tree links there. So you can go check out where to listen to us on all podcast platforms, check out our amazing sponsor. And also check, like I said, check out our socials. So we're at the search cast on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. It actually worked out perfectly because we're one of a kind. So we get the we get the username for all three of those social links. So make sure, like I said, Bailey said like subscribe hit the bell do the comments because bailey does take care of the comments on on the on the, on the youtube version of search cast so make sure you do that because you interact with her um instagram it's kind of just me but i might just open it to the other co-host and whoever else wants to do it over there for the instagram mm -hmm. side just so we can get kind of more stuff out there twitter it's mainly me but it's always a good time though whenever it's a takeover from one of our co-hosts the other ones um they might be on there as well so Maybe a little bit of a different wordage and how it's used. So make sure to check us out on the Twitter side. Uh, for me, you can find me at One True Zach on Twitter. That's Oni True Zach. It's actually spelled out. It's like the number one. Uh, if you want to find me on Instagram, it's Zach R Martin Twenty Two. It's more of just a hodgepodge of different things of D and D, hockey, other sports, funny reels, stuff like that. Um, if you want to follow my writing, because I covered the Charlotte Checkers for uh, Field Pass Hockey as well, that's FPH Checkers. Uh, just have an article that might be either be dropping today or tomorrow, kind of recapping uh, the Checkers five-game road win streak that they just did in New York. So that was a lot of fun to do. Um, like I said, on Twitter, go check out SurgeCast. Got a lot of cool things on there as well. But, yeah, that's a lot of stuff for us to be like – trying to remember but thank you to everyone who stayed with us for the last two and a half hours i know we went through a lot of stuff had a lot of cool things to talk about a lot of things to recap and all that good stuff but like i said thank you to everyone for staying with us the entire time and all and like i said big shout out to our guest colin for doing his podcast debut with us <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank you guys again for having me yeah it's it was a lot of fun yeah looking forward to hanging out with you again for the uh, hall of fame game Oh, absolutely. The, um, yeah, and also for the Steam series as well. But we're actually real quick, Hall of Fame game, Cam Ward banner. We and forgot to talk about it. 
We did forgot to talk about it. So Bailey, real quick, before we actually officially go, I'm going to let you take over real quick and talk about the banner. Because well, it, it, it wouldn't be fair if we forgot to do that part. So. I hope nobody tuned out yet. Yeah, I really <laughs> hope this is going to be a real Midwestern goodbye, guys. Uh, if you guys are not already aware, um, the Hurricanes Hall of Fame game is happening on the 16th against the Montreal Canadiens. Um, great time, uh, time and opportunity to see the Hurricanes get a nice dub. Uh, but uh, this is the game that Cam Ward is being inducted officially into the uh, Carolina Hurricanes newly announced uh, Hall of Fame. At that game, they are giving out banners to the fans as you walk in the door. Um, I plan on being there. Um, obviously, it's my favorite player. I plan on getting one of these banners. Um, but if you're not going just to see Cam Ward, which if you're not going for Cam Ward, that's I, I, don't, I don't know what you're doing. Um, but... Be sure you're there to get yourself or get your hands on one of these banners. They look awesome, and I'm super excited. You should be too. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) What a a way to end it. Just short, sweet, and very. I don't think we need Zach's outro. We'll just stick with that. Okay, bye. (laughs) Until next week for episode 32 of season two of the Surf's Cast. I'm Zach. I'm Bailey. I'm Kat. And I'm Colin. Yes. (laughs) No shout out needed. I appreciate you guys so much. (laughs) Thank you. Until next time, we'll see you here.